Hey Dreamers, I'm Joe Pardo and this is the Dreamers Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Matt, I'm happy to have you here today. I'm happy to be here. It, it's it's just there are a lot of happiness all around. Of course, we're live streaming here on Facebook Live. Uh, I, I'm back to streaming on my own personal account, so it's uh, facebook.com slash Pardo Joe, I think. I think it's Pardo Joe. Yeah, Pardo is my is my my public page, but Pardo Joe is my is my private is yeah Pardo Joe is my private. But you can hit the follow button, or if we know each other, hit the hit the friend button, and uh, I'll accept your friend request. If not, you know it's it's all good either way. Um, so this week we have an amazing guest, Matt. He's he's a rapper. He's a creative entrepreneur. He has a design company, and he's paralyzed. Hmm. From the neck down, so he has no use of anything but his neck and his his head, and everything else is 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 just there. So that's that's who I got. Uh, his name is Eric Patrick Thomas. He's a motivational speaker. He's an entrepreneur. He's friends with Damon John from Shark Tank, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and he, he he's so inspirational because even though he has a lot of things that hold him down and hold him back. Uh, he just keeps he just keeps on you know going through, and he's from Flint, Michigan, where the water is not so great. Um, so again, another thing doesn't let him hold him down, doesn't let him hold him back. He's 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 a wonderful human being, and I had a really nice long talk with him. So stay tuned after the pre-show here with me and Matt because we'll be I'll be the interview will be on the uh, the back end of this after the jump. So, uh, Matt, did you did you have a good week? Yeah, had a great week. Had a, had a good time um, seeing you for the uh, give kids the world, uh, give kids the world, give kids the world. Yeah, man. And I wish I could have gotten here sooner, but you know, hey, it happens. I appreciate you showing up at all. It's you know, especially after working late. Like that's that's just awesome. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, it was the two year anniversary of this show. In fact, in the live chat on Facebook Live. Uh, Doc Kennedy, my man, out in out in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, happy two years, Joe. Keep up the great work, my friend. Thank you, Doc. I I really appreciate the work that Doc does, and the fact that he keeps the dream alive regardless of what he you know what he has what next steps he has to take. So uh, shout out to Doc Kennedy. And it was it was two years of of you know it's been two years of Dreamers podcast. So we're we're going in, uh, you know, going is it going into our third year? Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah two full years. So yeah, we're going into our third year, uh, and so far no signs of no slowing down. Uh, last, you know, the, for the for the one year anniversary, if anyone that doesn't know, we had a huge party here. We had like twenty some people at the house. We played games online, like we had a, a video stream, and we played games online for Give Kids the World. Every time somebody completed a minute to win a game, I donated two or two two thousand about to say two thousand no i donated ten dollars for each game that uh was completed so at the end of that night we had raised over six hundred dollars well rich quick uh this year you know with with ava being here and all uh i we didn't get to have this big party here but with rich quick over uh first and then matt came later we were able to raise five hundred dollars so far and i have people committed to donating more going forward uh for give kids the world so we played minute to win at games uh we had an amazing time i don't have the you can watch i think the first two hours are recorded 
um, the video, but I have the, all the audio. So I'm going to put the audio out on a separate episode of dreamers podcast. Cause it's three hours of audio. I don't want to tag it to this. I mean, but me and Matt are probably going to talk for an hour. My episode with Eric, Pat, you know, my interview with Eric Patrick Thomas was, I think, like an hour and a half. And then you add an extra three hours on top. It, it's just, it's just too much. So we're, I'll release that uh, maybe next week or or something like that as a separate episode, so you guys can listen to the hilarity and the awesomeness that happened. I made a bunch of announcements. Matt ate a dirty sandwich uh, <laughs> that had, well, it was a dirty peanut butter only sandwich. Uh, but he did it for charity. I donated ten bucks to to give kids the world because of that, uh, and and you know raising five hundred dollars so far, and we're still taking donations. And if you want to you know donate to give kids the world, if you want to show your support and love for what I do in this show, please go to superjoepardo dot com slash donate and click the support Joe button. Uh, they take donations as little as a dollar and as much as you want to give. You know, isn't that the way most places? <laughs> I think that's the way most places take it, but. Uh, so it's, it, you know, it's a wonderful organization where kid, if you don't know the uh, kids with terminally ill or not terminally ill, but, uh, life threatening illnesses get to come down to Disney with their families. Uh, I got to learn more about the organization when our, when, when a uh, friend of the show, Beatrice Feeney had, had mentioned that like they have a, you know, they have a, a shuttle or a person there actually with holding up their name when they get to the airport. So they get uh, a car or, or a vehicle, they take them to their comp, you know, their qu- compound. I don't know. Compound sounds like a bad word. Is there a better word, Matt? Matt's my word oh. guy. That's for, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and he got me on the spot there. Um, I, I don't know what you call it exactly, but what I was going to say though is, you know, as far as people contributing and saying any amount, like even if everybody listening to the show just kicked in like two dollars, it would make a huge difference in this campaign. I mean, you you don't you don't have to give a lot. It's just it's it, it all adds up just a, a little bit. Skip a cup of coffee, you know, do something nice for, uh, you know, these kids. They'll like it. You'll like it. Everybody's happy and, you know. Everybody can win. Exactly. Um, yeah. and, and that's the that's the thing, right? So, you know, they get tickets to Disney World. They get ice cream for breakfast. They have parties every night. Like, they really do go out of their way. They have – it's all volunteer-based. So, they, they have an amazing – uh, property. They have a property there with the houses and everything, and um, it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful experience for the kids uh, to be able to go through. So uh, they get to be kids, and and it, you know, for just a couple bucks, you could donate. So superjoepardo.com slash donate. I'll make sure that's in the show show notes for anybody that's listening to this on Tuesday instead of Monday on Facebook Live. You should be watching on Facebook Live though. Admittedly, Matt and I still haven't gotten the time down. Uh, we, we, I wanted to do it this, in the morning, but it's already 3.14 Eastern Standard Time by the time we're recording this on Monday. Uh, so it's been crazy here, right? Like there's been so much going on. Um, and oh, did I mention that, that, that we're secured all the way through $1,000? Like I have people that are lined up that want to donate to go from the $500. I've, I'm donating over $100 or so myself. Um, maybe a, probably a little bit over a hundred dollars at this point. Um, and I have people that want to donate to get us to that thousand dollar mark. Cause I wanted the goal to be a thousand dollars. Now, uh, we, I know we ran into some problems, like people couldn't get in the blab session, so they couldn't do the video chat portion that we ended up mostly doing on Facebook live. Like there was definitely some issues, but you know, at the end of the day, we still raised $500 in three hours and that's, 
you know, I, I really couldn't ask for, for a whole, whole lot more than that than the awesomeness of some of these people that step forward to say, I'm going to donate more and make sure you get to that $1,000 mark so that next year we raise the bar even higher. Um, and that's, but, you know, that's great. That's really touching. And, you know, we're, we're so thankful that people are willing to donate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, you know, it shows the support, not just for me, for the organization, but for, you know, for kids that are, that are dealing with stuff that adults won't, don't even want to deal with. Like yeah. nobody wants to deal with these problems and to get, uh, you know, enable them to be kids for a little while is, is, is a ma- magical in and of itself. Um, so what else, what else? like, so during the, yeah. So during the, for anybody who didn't watch it or listen to the three hour, uh, thing, there was a couple announcements that I made, uh, my next, I, I think I might've made that announcement before about the whole, my next book is, or one of my next books is, is sales won't save your business. I think I, we've talked about that on the show. Uh, I'm, I'm working on a party game, uh, party card game that, uh, enables like big par- groups of people, like three or more people all the way up to, I don't know, maybe even like a hundred people if you wanted to, to play this game that, uh, you know, enables you to act out scenes and have a lot of fun with it and, and get some spontaneity, spontaneity into it. Uh, let's see. So, and then the final thing was that I did, you know, if you, if you didn't stick all the way to the end, uh, my, my good friend, Jeff Barnes, he, he, uh, he wrote a book called the wisdom of Walt. Uh, my other very good friend, Al Kessel, who is the, the outro voice for this show. Uh, he's actually now, he narrated the, the, uh, audio book for it. He, Jeff came to me and said, Hey, you know, I have a lot of people asking for a, a kid's version of wisdom of Walt. And I would be honored if you, uh, would, would co-author it with me. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's absolutely an honor. I'm super happy. I, I, it's a project that, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to adding it to the, to the fold of what I do. Um, not just because I, you know, love kids and working with kids and, and writing and, and stuff like that, but you know, we're, we're actively working on getting this to be a, a published book. So then I would go from self-published author, Joe Pardo to, uh, you know, published part, you know, Joe Pardo, <laughs> published author, Joe Pardo. Um, and on top of that, we, we would be working towards getting that published book in sold into the Disney parks, which would be uh, f- amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any other way to put it. F- amazing uh like fabulous amazing or i don't know so so yeah so the, those those were the three big things that i announced uh rich quick had a bunch of updates on what he's been working on he just got back from from europe which was cool uh touring his second tour of europe um you know actually headlining through through uh the uk so that was awesome um yeah, it, it was just a really wonderful time. I, I I had a great time doing it, and and you know for being mostly for the like what for the first hour or so, just two people doing it. We had already raised a, like over a hundred some dollars, just two people in a room here in my studio. So um, also uh, with the Facebook Live, uh, I'm using a different lens this time. So I'm I'm using the fisheye lens. If you can't like if you're watching this on Facebook Live, like it looks kind of funky and looks a little um like the colors don't look as sharp and stuff like that but uh i thought it was nice because you could see more of the background of like what what's going on in the studio behind me uh not that there's like people working or anything it's literally like an elliptical but all the stuff on the walls and 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 stuff like that i thought was was pretty cool to uh add to the the depth of 
the image, you know, the image of this. So, so let's see. This week, uh, I had somebody contact me. Uh, so, did I tell you about the entrepreneur.com article, Matt? No. Okay. No. So, last week, I guess it was like after I had seen you on Monday. Um, or, no, I didn't even see you on Monday. No, I didn't because we went to the Franklin Institute on Monday. Right, to go to right. the Pixar thing, which right. it was a little disappointing because the, we we thought there'd be more like statuettes to like stand up next to, and there, and there wasn't. Uh, it was it was a lot of like, ooh, play with this thing or play with these building blocks thing, and this is how we make the art. And it was in, it was interesting. It was definitely interesting, but um, not for thirty five dollars. Yeah, you never know what's short. You know, with those type of exhibits, like the way you describe it, obviously is geared more towards children where. I once went to a, a Jim Henson exhibit that there was like no hands on. It was like, okay, here's the puppets. They're inside a glass case. You can look at it. No touching anything. No touchy. And uh, just a lot of reading. And it, for me, it was very interesting. And plus, you know, to see like, oh, here's the actual Bert and Ernie puppet. And oh man, these things are so much bigger than they look on TV. But I saw like a lot of kids walk around like, you know, like, are we done here yet? Like, this, like what, this is so this boring. Is boring. Yeah. Dark no, Crystal. What's that? You know? Dark Crystal. Well, you know, so, I met one of the guys that worked on Dark Crystal mm-hmm. uh, with my friend Kathleen Kelly when we went to uh, Chill Earth Theater, and and the, and I don't know which puppet it is, but one of the bad, I think it was like one of the bad guys, like the king or something, who had like a big sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was at. They actually had that puppet there, and we, you know, for like a couple bucks, you could take a picture, like get behind <laughs> the the velvet rope and take a picture with it, and. Um, a couple different poses and hold the sword and stuff like that. So it was, that was pretty neat. Um, but yeah, so I, I, so anyway, uh, my good friend got to give a shout out always, uh, and a lot of love to my, my man, uh, Kamanzi Constable. So a while back, uh, my book ended up on a list of six books, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, books that, and I got to get good at my counting because when Ava starts counting, I gotta, I gotta know how to rattle the stuff off. Um, regardless of how little sleep I get or how little good sleep I, I get. Um, so, so, uh, he wrote a list of six books about how I, or not how I, how, how he found six books that will help change your mindset for business to help grow your business. And he, he was so gracious to put my, my book number two on that list. Um, yeah super thankful for that and it was on the Huffington Post like hey that's that's cool you know like it doesn't you know it doesn't get much better than that um and then you know a few months went by and he sent when I was at that that exhibit on Monday the um the Pixar exhibit he sent me a a message and he said hey check this out it was on entrepreneur.com then the very next day he sent me another message and said hey it got picked up from entrepreneur.com to foxnews.com and I was like, whoa, like, this is amazing. Like, I can't, like, I can't thank you enough. Like, how, how, how amazing is that, right? Yeah. Um, turns out that, that, like, two days later, the entrepreneur.com article had been shared, like, 3,700 times the last I checked. Somebody reached out to me on Friday, right before, like, two hours before the live show that we went live here. And I and I think I mentioned this, on, or maybe I didn't mention it on the live show. Anyway, somebody reached out via email about asking if I could come and speak to an all female entrepreneur 
uh, summit out in Cleveland, Ohio, in I think it was October or September, something like that. And anyway, I was ecstatic. Like, yeah. So not only not only did my book, you know, get in front of a lot a large audience, and actually I've I've had quite a few sales since that article went live uh, on Entrepreneur.com and FoxNews.com. Um, but and, and the sales of the books are nice. Like that, that's awesome. I'm happy and and all that. But what I'm really excited about is. Like that somebody actually thought enough of what I do to reach out and say, Hey, Joe, uh, I love what you do. I really want to have you come out to Cleveland and speak to these female entrepreneurs. So I called her right away, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, she didn't answer her phone. So I, she got back to me, uh, like, I don't know, a half hour later or something like that. Cause she was on the phone with other, other people that she reached out to. Right. And, uh, anyway, so I was like, okay. Uh, we went through all the things that I could talk about, whether it was like, you know, how to build your business. Cause she was saying that there's a lot of different, um, attendees, right? There's people that are just getting started in their business or want to get started in their, in, in a business. And then there's people who are veterans and she wasn't sure whether or not I would be good for, for which one I'd be good for to talk to. So I was like, okay, um, I think I could do either. And I, and I pitched two, and she's like, okay, well, if you email them to me, we're going to go over to them on Tuesday. So I, I sent the email and I haven't heard back yet because it's not Tuesday yet. We'll find out tomorrow. Hopefully knock on wood. Uh, hopefully I'll get you getting an email saying, Hey, we want to have you. Uh, can you send us over a contract and let's, let's shore it up and make it happen. You're going to do both. But, uh, who knows? Maybe yeah. I will do both. I, I'd be happy to do b- both. Um, one on how to dream big and win and one on how to, um, how sales won't save your business. It'd be great, you know, to have that, have that feedback that could go into the book that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so like, that's the thing. And she really resonated with the sales won't save your business. In fact, I was out at dinner on Monday night and somebody heard me talking about that book from across the table. Like we were like five people down. And at the end of the night she came over and she's like, Oh, hi, uh, I'm so-and-so, um, you know, I heard you, I, you know, you caught my ear when you said sales won't save your business. And that's the name of your new book. She's like, I, I, she's like, I can get your card. So I, cause I want to, I want to find out more about that. Cause it sounds really interesting. Cause I, I, I deal with some of that same issues with my clients who think that they could just sell their auto, sell their issue, you know, sell every, sell their way out of issues. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And you can, it, you know, say sales are important. Don't get me wrong. But they won't. They, at the end of the day, it won't save your business. And there's ways to save money and save your business without stepping on people's toes, customers and employees. Mm-hmm. So it's things that I've learned, especially because I've done it. Uh, you know, that, things that you can do to to not make the mistakes that I made along the way. That's for sure. Uh, so yeah, so that that happened, and, and that was really, um, you know, it's it's really exciting and. And that's one of those things I, I you know, I want to bring up, like, we, we run through, like, and, and most people who are entrepreneurs or, or, or dreamers or something like that, like, we run through these cycles of, like, man, like, boom, 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 everything's happening once, and then next thing, nothing's happening, you know? And it's like, whoa, like, why is there such a, um, a radical shift, like, you know, like those things happen and I, I like, I'm excited for them, but I don't want to get too excited. I don't want to get too excited because what if it's the only thing that happens for like the next two weeks and then I'll get like, I'll, go, I'll end up got like rebounding from like super happy to like, man, and I, everything was happening. Now all of a sudden nothing's happening. Well, you know, you can't expect something to drop into your lap every single day, but regardless, some people do. 
<laughs> and some people have it happen every single day, you know? Opportunities knocking all the time. You just got to be listening. Oh, that's part of the thing. But, you know, you're making an effort constantly to go out and, you know, make yourself available and say, hey, here I am. I got a message. You know, I'm over here. Listen to me. So, you know, people are not going to be able to respond to you. You're not going to get those opportunities if they don't know, hey, Joe Parr is available. It's just like, oh, you know, I, I need somebody for this conference. We don't know to call Joe. Nobody's going to call Joe. I mean, yeah, you might get lucky and somebody will, you know, through a network, somebody will mention you or, um, you know, again, networking's important, but I wouldn't, it's not a passive thing. So I guess I'm getting that. You can't just sit there and like, okay, I got this great profile online. I got all these contacts set up. I got my Facebook page. I got my, I'm just going to sit back and let the offers roll in. It's not going to happen. You always got to be working. I turned the on, open sign on. Why didn't anybody <laughs> like I, yeah. I put my website right. up? Why didn't anybody come and find it? You're always, you got to be hungry. You always got to be pushing, always looking for the next gig, the next sale. And you know, when, when something just kind of falls in your lap, it's like icing on top of the cake. Okay, great. Awesome. Love it. But it, it's not the norm. And you can't right. just, you know, sit back and wait for somebody else to, <laughs> to do things to, for to you. To notice. Right. Well, right. sometimes, you know, like I like I pointed out, like sometimes you need the right people to notice, right? Like you could have 10 people in a room, but if one of those 10 people is somebody that's like, I'm actively looking for a speaker or, oh, my God, this person is great. I am going to put them – I'm going to you know hook them up with somebody uh, and, and next thing you know, like it, it all just works out. Cause the other thing that happened was, um, this lady, Dana called me out of the blue and she, I've only met her. Tw- I think I've met her twice. Anyway. Um, she, she reached out and it's like, Hey, I reached out to the people at my, my hospitals, um, at my hospital. Cause they're always looking for speakers. And she's like, you would make a great fit for their, for their, you know, for their speakers. So for the people they're looking for, and they were really excited about everything I was telling them about you and, and the information that I, I put forward. So she's like, those don't be afraid, you know, don't, or not afraid. Don't be afraid. Uh, don't be surprised when you get, a, you get a phone call of people, you know, somebody asking you information and, and they want you at this, this, um, at this hospital to come and speak. So it's like, and, and not just speak to like, if it's not just patients, but like employees and doctors and all that stuff, like there's lots of things. So the opportunity is there. And the thing is, and I wrote about this on Facebook about like not being afraid to answer the phone, even if it's a number I don't recognize, because I don't know, maybe I, you know, they're not going to leave a message, you know, all right, nine times out of 10 there, it's probably like, Hey, your business has been pre-approved for like a $50,000 loan or your house, you know, your student loans can be absolved and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, I don't have any student loans and technically I don't have a business. So I don't know why you're calling me in the first place, but whatever, whatever, you know, so I hang up. (laughs) But in this case, it was somebody who I, you know, have gotten to meet and know uh, a little bit about, and I got to know better uh, because I answered the phone. I answered the opportunity when it presented itself. No, exactly. And like I said, you're, you're following up on leads. And again, you know, you've got this good network you continue to build on because I'm going to go on a limb and say hospitals aren't something you considered like, oh man, I should be pitching to hospitals. It's like, but now it's like, oh wait, I could go to hospitals. Like that opens up a whole nother market. It really does. I I had no idea. Um, I I, I have some friends that work at hospitals and now I'm going to reach out to them and say, Hey, you you need to get, make sure that I, they know about me. And if they like what I do, I can go and help them. Um, you know, on leadership stuff and, and leadership yeah, stuff. That I sounds mean, so official. It's not something you would tend to think of as a business, <laughs> but a hospital like any, I mean, it is, it has to make money. To, right. You know, it's not, 
It's not something you, I mean, it's a, it's a great service. It's a necessary service, but at the end of the day, you know, money talks. It's all about the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, okay. So like something else that happened this week, well, actually I got to talk about, uh, I got to talk about, uh, Zootopia cause I finally saw it, uh, the other night and I got to say it was, it was really, really good. Yeah. They did a really great job. I felt like, I don't know how you feel, Matt, but I felt like some of the words that they chose to use, I thought were a bit odd because of the, the target market of kids words that kids were like too, too like that maybe yeah kids. maybe too big or too I like i think it was a really ambitious film for like trying to explain like mm. racism and uh like a whole lot of social uh, like a whole lot of social things and yet still had scandal in it uh they, they I, honestly i didn't really see coming personally but i was also trying to bounce ava at the time like right. trying to keep her her good so and shushing in her ear so so maybe i would have seen it if i was just like and i wasn't so tired when i watched it i mean, it certainly covered a lot of topics i don't remember anything where i felt that it was over kids heads if, if anything i felt that it was uh very well pitched it's you know without without being preachy it's like okay here's here's some positive points we're going to get across but we're not like beating you over the head with it at the same time and also, there was like certain scenes, and I told you about the one in particular. I don't want to give anything away, but where I was like, "Man, that's just a really well acted scene," just on, on the voice work alone. Because again, you're looking at two animated characters, and right, they don't see that. Yeah, right, like, it's, it's hard to be. You know, have like those human subtleties, but just in, in the voice, I was like, "Man, if I wasn't watching this and I was just overhearing this, I would just imagine like this could be, you know, like like two live actors or two live people doing this. Like it was just so well crafted." And uh, right, right. I was like, man, it, it was much better than I expected. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, no, it was, it was. Really... And I, I say that only because I tend to be very cynical when I go to movies, and I guess that you are a pretty cynical person, the Debbie Downer of the movie industry. But yeah, you are. <laughs> so, but you know, but hey, I mean, I think of that as a higher vote of confidence for the movie. And if I liked it, I, I guarantee you somebody's going to find something that they can enjoy. It's just, it was a solid movie, well done. And yeah, I really don't have any cr- uh, critiques for it. So. Mm. Well, no, I, I I'd agree. I, I think uh, I think it was solid and uh, definitely. I thought that one the 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 weasel was Steve Buscemi. It sounded very close to his voice, but it, it was not. Uh, <laughs> you know, actually, it, it's it funny. I went on IMDb at the end because there's a lot of actors or voice actors like it, they everybody sounded like somebody else, and there's quite a few I was wrong on because again, I knew of the movie, but I didn't have really any interest in seeing it until my sister was like, oh, you know, she go take me, you know, take my niece. She wants to go see it. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> whatever and then i wound up you know pleasantly surprised yeah 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 um uh, amanda uh in the in the live uh facebook live was saying that uh her four-year-old loved it and as she grows she will get more and more out of it oh absolutely yeah it's definitely it definitely will grow uh with with kids i just wasn't sure like and there was only a couple things that i thought was like huh i was like that that might be a it's central to the movie but maybe a little bit too over over the heads of, of some of the kids and hopefully it doesn't get lost like everything doesn't there isn't a disconnect but hey they're cute and furry animals and we all love them and i just thought uh, you know of course i don't know if you noticed but john lasseter was the producer uh, mm-hmm. the executive producer of it which uh you know if you don't know he he, he does like everything at pixar um he, you know he, he's like uh, i think he, is he the president i think he's the president of pixar at this point or or has been the president of pixar something like that um so yeah, so it was really cool. Uh, they they definitely hit a home run with with that movie. 
Um, I don't, I'm, I'm hoping that they, you know, that they capitalize on it for like, um, cause it seems like some of the, 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 the newer movies, they haven't really capitalized on outside of frozen. Um, hasn't had the same, um, um, impact. No, not impact. Well, impact as far as like toy Long- sales longevity? go, oh. like how many toys they make. Like, like I still want like. My Mr. Fredrickson that I'm never going to get, you know, like a little Mr. Fredrickson doll. Now, I have a, a, a kid Mr. Fredrickson that uh, a friend of mine uh, made. Uh, she crocheted it, but it's it's not, you know, it's not it's, it's awesome, but it's not the same. So it, it's all good, though. Um, so, yeah. So, all right. So the other topic I wanted to, to talk about was was about believing in yourself. And, and so something happened. I don't, I'm not going to get into the, the, the super, super specifics of it. But basically, I want you to realize that your what you believe in and your core values, right? Like, you need to figure out what those are um, so that you can figure out the value of what it is that, you know, is inside of you so that you don't compromise it. Right. Like even if there's peer pressure to do something else or to do something um, and it might not even be negative peer pressure. Right. Like that, that's the thing. So it's a, just because it's peer pressure doesn't mean that it has to be like people are bullying you into doing something. But, you know, the peer I, I think because I feel like peer pressure does kind of get a negative um, a negative connotation to it because of the fact that it just sounds like, oh, well, it's it's denoting that you should be that you should go do something bad or that you shouldn't be you know something you shouldn't be doing but that's not the case right so it's up to you to decide what's right for you for you and and well uh sometimes it is bad uh it's important for you to know what boundaries you have and and that's what i was saying about like the values and and all that so that you don't um demote yourself or you don't take yourself down a notch to the point where it's like you're compromising what you really you know what's right to you because what's right for you isn't necessarily right for everybody else regardless of how much you want to believe it is it's not necessarily that way and it's so it's really really important that you know what your what your boundaries are what you want and what you want to do and how you want to do it and to me, like when I actually ended up giving a little bit of a, and I wish I could have recorded it or I wish somebody would have like whipped out their phone. Cause in my mind, it sounded like this, you know, stand up and, and, you know, be heard kind of moment. Um, but it, it, and, and, and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, I don't, I don't know what impact I gave to those people that I was talking to, but it, it's, uh, it's not worth compromising yourself for what somebody else wants you to do. And I was pretty close to, to doing that. And I just, I, you know, I was like, you know, why? And then I stopped and thought to myself, like, well, I don't usually give in the peer pressure. It's not something that I like to give into. Um, in fact, I, I usually um, rage against the peer pressure to borrow a, <laughs> a band name for a, for a phrase. Um, and and I was I was pretty close, but you know what? I, before before I made a, a final decision, or before it was too late to make that decision, I was like, you know, I'm not going to do this. 
Um, and here's why I don't want to compromise myself. I don't feel that I should start compromising myself now. And I didn't get to where I'm at now, even though like, let's face it. I'm not like, like crazy, you know, on that path. Like I'm not at the moon yet. Like I'm on the way to the moon. Like we're, we we're, we've been ready for launch. We're, we're launched, uh, going towards the moon. I didn't get to where I'm at by compromising myself um, and what I feel is right and what I feel is is the like the right moves that I should be making. So and 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 part of it is also doing the right thing when no one's looking. Uh, That that to me is another part of it, right? Because like the peer pressure is like, okay, well I I could do this and maybe only like three two or three people would ever know. But the thing is, I would know, and that's that's enough right? Like I need to know that I'm going to do the right thing regardless of if it ever gets, you know, and, and feel, uh, and not feel ashamed about it that I compromised myself after the fact. I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of rambling on a little bit because I was trying well, to like, I'm so tired. You touched <laughs> on a lot of topics there. And I, I guess uh, two takeaways, you know, it's going to reiterate what you're saying is one, it's important to have uh, core values, core beliefs that, are effectively set in stone in our words that you have to know, okay, here's where I draw the line. And I have to enforce that. And you know, it's easy to go in there and be you know, the flexible guy or the flexible girl like, Oh, okay, whatever you want to do. But you have to, people will respect you more. If you have a strong opinion, it doesn't have to be their opinion. I mean, it can be completely different, but they'll respect the fact that you have an opinion and you stick by it. I mean, if you just, come off or, or allow yourself to be manipulated by people or just kind of go along with the flow every single time, people aren't going to respect you as much. They're not going to go to you for information. They're not going to go to you for your advice. Cause it's like, well, you know, he or she is just going to go along with whatever I say. They don't, you know, you become less meaningful as a person. It, and again, it doesn't have to be, it could be any kind of belief. It could be religious, political, personal, but something that you feel strongly about. And then, you know, again, the same topic, you have your, your boundaries. As you said, you have your certain things that, you know, you're not going to compromise on for anybody because, you know, once once you put that chink in your armor, <laughs> it becomes real easy to just to like, yeah, yeah, again, I don't want to I keep using the word manipulation, but for, for, to kind of. Why not keep making those compromises? Right. Why, well, like, why Because it, it becomes, it becomes, right, it becomes easier to compromise and to sit there and, and stick to your guns. Right. So. You did the right thing. I mean, again, it's I'm sure whatever happened, it might not have been the popular opinion, but at least it's your opinion and I respect the fact that you spoke up for Man, yourself. I'm not and, used to being right. of the popular opinion. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm used to not being in that. It's not, not, not. But, used, but, but it's not like everybody comes up like, oh, we hate Joe because, you know, he's he's the guy with the opinion. It's like, no, we people know Joe because, partly because Joe's a guy that has a differing opinion. It's like, huh, that's interesting. Here's a guy that is has a belief in something can back it up we'll talk about as knowledgeable you know maybe i may i want to listen to him yeah I, I still might think he's completely off base at the end of the day but I, at least i respect his opinion at least i respect him enough as a person to listen to what he has to say and not just like talk over him the entire time well r-e-s-p-c-t that's all we want <laughs> life, like, right so oh come on just you know or the peer pressure like come on just go just go come on you know uh, don't worry about it. it's fine everything's cool you know you're, you're good everything's fine here no right and and it's well, you know what the thing is is we were I was talking about this on a on a on a road trip uh where to somewhere I was going with some people and 
uh, and we've talked about this, the whole idea of like being, you have to be extreme. You have to be on like uh, one of the opposite end of extreme for people to take notice. Or because if you're in the middle, you just kind of get like washed out and like mm-hmm. nobody, nobody cares. So what I, what I was thinking was, and I didn't think about this till after the fact was my view of what we were talking about was kind of extreme right even though i'm not judging other people for what they want to do or how they want to go about doing it and I, you know that's them like that's on them um but to it's like to me like what i believe and what i want to do is is that's fine like i'm not trying to push that on anybody else and right and i think that's where like to me like that's where the line like the other side of the extreme is like well if you're trying to push it on everybody <laughs> well then that makes it difficult because then people might not like not only are you do you have an extreme opinion, but you have an extreme way of announcing that opinion to everybody. The thing is, I mean, if you're confident in what you believe, then you don't need to have everybody else in the room agree with you. It, it's That's just true. You, you know enough to say, you know what, here's what I believe. People will listen to what I have to say, and they can make their own decisions. You don't have to be – again, you don't always have to go with the flow. You don't have to be like the most liked person, most popular person in the room. And, yeah, having an extreme opinion is important because it's what sets you apart from everybody else that's in the middle of the road. And you're like, what does Jeff think? Mm. <laughs> what does Joe think? Oh, Joe, he's that guy. I told you yelling about this Wait, thing. But there was that movie. There was that movie, the Lego movie. Like that was that that was the Lego movie, right? <laughs> you basically just explained the Lego movie. <laughs> just explain the plot of the Lego movie. Yeah, it is. You, you know, don't don't you have to be you don't you don't have to be extreme, but you have to be extreme in some way or form of about something. Have that opinion, or else. Nobody cares, you know. It, nobody it, was going to follow, want to follow that, or or listen to you, or go right. to you for advice, or take you seriously. I mean, honestly, it sets you apart. I'm mean, not saying you have to be like the alpha dog the entire time, but at least have an opinion and be willing well, to back it. The alpha dog would have been like, no, no one, <laughs> I'm not doing it. No one can do it, and that's the way it is. And that's <laughs> the opposite end of the spectrum. That's not what I'm talking about. You don't right. have to, I'm not talking about sitting there and braiding people and you know browbeating them down until they finally come to you know your conclusion, but just have an opinion, stick to it, and people will gravitate towards that. You know, they they want somebody that's opinionated. They want somebody that actually is one to speak up for themselves. And you know, because everybody wants to learn something. And if you know what you're talking about, and you, you know, you have something that you're passionate about, it's going to be interesting to people. It could be anything. You could talk about anything. But if you're passionate about it, immediately people will start to tune into that. Right, 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 right. Um. So. So I finally did escape the room for the first time. Yeah, uh, over the weekend, and uh, we did the dig. Uh, we got we got there about well, uh, me and Melissa got there about fifteen minutes late. We it, it, part well, first of all, I don't really care. Like I love Philly, but I also don't like parking in Philly because um, not only it's usually expensive or or it's hard. It's one or the other two. Like finding it, finding the parking is hard. Yeah, it's one of the things I'd heard about going to Philadelphia. I mean. I will sometimes, actually more often than sometimes, I will take the bus or the train because I, I just don't want to deal with parking. I just, I'd rather just walk a couple blocks and just know, you know what, I could pick up and go. I don't got to sit there and wonder which of the two signs is correct. Am I safe here? <laughs> is there uh, some reason yeah. that nobody else in Philly is parked in this spot? You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got towed once, and that was enough for me. Like, I learned my lesson, you know, several hundred dollars later to get my car back. Um, well, be, yeah, being towed know. is always my fear. Like I Like, okay, if I get an extra – Thirty dollar bill or whatever, like that's you know it's whatever fifty dollar ticket, like right. Ticket like it sucks, but thing, you know but... it is what it is, and at least I can go home. I can still go home exactly and be where I need to be when I need to be there. 
it's when you get towed. It's, I mean, you you know, after my, listening I, to your experience. Yeah, I thought that, my but, car had been stolen. I'm like, <laughs> I would be my first you know, thought. I'm like, oh man, then I find a police officer and he's like, oh, <laughs> you just missed. And they just towed your car. I'm like, ah, uh, uh, you gotta be kidding me. So like, here we are. Now what? Okay, there goes the rest of the evening. And it's late too. It's right? very late. Like yeah. it's not. This isn't like first. Like oh, it's like you know four o'clock in the afternoon. Right, just got done having a nice dinner and you know, and it's like all right now I'm scrambling to find a taxi to get down to get my car back. <laughs> Well, now we have Uber, so that's at least that part of the story can change. True. So it make it a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, so it's it, so so anyway, we got there like 15 minutes late, Melissa and I, and we were with a group of 10 people, and and I, you know it was a neat it was a neat experience. But uh, the thing was, is I was too tired to th- like I feel like I'm really tired. Right? Like I want to take a nap like right after this recording. <laughs> um, but the the thing is, is I was too tired to really, really uh, be useful <laughs> through much of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the other thing was, since we got there late, we missed things in the beginning, like from the, like all the clues and the everything right. that, because it kind of all like builds up right over, over the course of the, the experience. And, and we missed like the first it's like 15 minutes of it. So it, it really hurt. I, I feel like us, but also having 10 people there, having 10 different personalities and, but but it helped because we did finish. We finished in like fifty three minutes, which was cool. Apparently, we're in the twenty percent of people that can finish this thing, and that's fine. I I, I guess I you know basically our our friend and and former episode um, guest on the show Paul he uh, he pretty much like shoulder majority of of the responsibilities to figure his way out through through the room, and we I don't know if I mentioned we did the dig. Um, mm-hmm. which was the which was the type of uh, experience which is again it was really neat so from like a business point of view right um afterwards well first off they had no sign out in front of the building in philly yes. there's no sign you literally have to walk up to what looks like a hotel type thing walk in um the only good thing was was that the address is nice and big across the top of the doors so it's like you can't miss that part of it but when you're walking in there's no signage there's there's a sign on the outside there's no sign on the inside so you're walking in and you're like there's a guy sitting at a desk and you're like oh we're we're here for escape the room and he's like oh just go down the stairs it's like you know how many times the guy probably has to answer that question every single day you describe my exact experience with the same location and it was a lot of fun the people were great but you're right if i was walking by on the street i would just think hey here's some hotel in the middle of philly like there's no no signage no nothing to let you know hey there's this cool thing here come check it out so unless you happen to stumble across it on like the you know facebook or groupon or something you would have no idea. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that because when we were driving actually to find parking, uh, which was a whole thing, which is why we were partially why we were late. Um, there was actually an, an amazing escape the room that, that actually had like a sign out front that was like pointing at like this little door, it, you know, it sandwiched between two, two um, com- like commercial building or right. two, like two stores. So, so like, I was like, oh, well, I wonder if that's it. I was like, maybe people just drop off the amazing <laughs> part and call it Escape the Room. Makes sense to me. But, but I was like, but that's not the right address. I was like, well, it's not even the right street. So that can't be right. So, uh, so the thing that I, I thought was interesting was after the fact, after we got, um, you know, through, through the experience, they, they walk you through all the clues and everything that they gave and like, you know, the whole experience and explain why we figured some things out super fast and why some things took a lot longer 
and how some people end up getting um you know trapped or or tra- like end up trapped in the it, room it can be you know it can be frustrating i mean unless you're somebody that actually actively enjoys puzzles and it's it's like something you you're you're i should say passionate about but you've had some kind of interest in the past it, it can be very overwhelming to walk in there and all of a sudden it's like I have no idea. Like I'm just in, I'm in a room. I, what the hell am I supposed to be doing? I, I don't know. These are just common already objects. Is there uh, like, I'm confused, but they do lead you along. If they see you're really struggling, they'll give you a couple of hints and the hints will get more and more uh, detailed as well, time he, goes he on. You were saying that some of the, de- yeah, the detail though. Um... It's like, if you're really hurting, like they, a couple of times they broke it. And you're like, okay guys, look, that thing you've been doing for the past 20 minutes. Stop. It has nothing to do with what you're looking at. You're just wasting time. You know, because again, it, it, but that's part of the experience. Is like you know, it, it, it's a mystery, and uh, like like you saw in you know your case, Paul was really good at it, and that's great. Yeah, well, he's good at stuff like that. Like he, right. he, Where, he really can put his mind to those things, and and not that I can't, but it's just tough when like I'm looking at it like the puzzle from the side. I'm looking yeah. at it upside down. I'm looking like. It's so hard to, um, you know, it's so hard to, to, to like be able to solve puzzles. A when you're tired. B mm-hmm. when you got there late, so you you're not like like up to speed like from the beginning. Right. Because they kept going back. Like, well, remember in the beginning when blah blah blah, blah happened? And I'm like, I wasn't here, so I don't know. Now I'm looking at it upside down. Right. I'm tired. And there's ten other people shouting out like potential answers. To and things. also, and a lot of times you don't even know what the puzzle is. It's just like here's a room filled with everyday objects. I don't know which one I'm actually supposed to be interacting with. I mean, there's a lot of red herrings. So uh, part of the challenge is just to determine what is actually relevant to getting out of here. What is just here for de- you know room well, that's, decoration. That's where the the clues really come in and help. Um, but I so so from a business point of view, right? Because yeah. like oh, here on Jerry's podcast, I, like it's it's a cool experience. I liked like I I liked it. Mm-hmm. It was expensive um, for the fact that I I was mostly a spectator in this <laughs> event. Uh, you know, it was a thirty dollars spectating sport for me uh, and and Melissa. But for the most part, um, we each contributed like a little 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 bit. Um, but the my my point was was that afterwards they went through everything and then they 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 were like, hey. We're gonna take a picture of everybody so you have you know you can commemorate this awesome event. And they so they they were like here, pass this paper around. Everybody put put their names down and their and their email addresses. So now they just had like a mass email collection of like eight of the ten people that were there, right? <laughs> Which is awesome for them. If you're you know if you're a business and you're trying to collect emails, like there's a there's they do they do a really good job of that. So then we go out, we take the picture and. Um, you know, it's a funny picture and all that. So they're like, okay, cool. So now if you want this picture, um, we're going to email it to you. So today, like one day later, I get the email and it's a, and basically the, the picture isn't in the email. They have like some kind of puzzle or something in it. That's from like a hundred year old puzzle, um, that you can print out and do on your own. But it says, Hey, if you want the picture, go to our Facebook page. Cause that's where we're posting all the pictures. And I'm like, Man, not only did they collect, you know, find a clever way to get people to give them their email addresses, they also found a clever way to get people to go to their Facebook page and potentially like their Facebook page. I was like, that's pretty clever. Now, the, the, where they dropped the ball was, was when I clicked on the Facebook link, it was for Facebook Texas, not face, or Facebook Texas. <laughs> it was for Escape the Room Texas, not Escape the Room Philly. And I was like, 
oh, they, they, they were so close. Yep. They were so close. Now, but at the same time, maybe, maybe it was intentional. Maybe now I'm going to be like, oh, let me type in Escape the Room Philly to go find my picture. And while I'm there, I'm, now I'm invested in it more so than just a, a, click, a link click. Now I'm going to click on uh, the like button because why not? I had a good time and, and I want to support them. Yeah, you know, and, and like you said before, it's it's a clever way of doing things. Like if you went to an amusement park, you know, and you took your picture or they took your picture on a roller coaster, you could just get off the coaster, buy the picture, bam, done. Here, it's like we can't just give it to you until you give us some more information. So you're right. It's like, bam, email address. You're going to come to our Facebook page. You're going to like it. And, you know, it's like. And you might even tag yourself in it or someone right. might, you know, your friends might tag you in it. And then your friends are going to see it on their feed. and like, oh, what's this escape the room thing? Yeah. Go check this yeah. Out. You know, it so very clever. Yeah. Very, very clever. I, I got to hand it to him. I mean, again, I, they, the Facebook link sent me to the Texas one, but maybe just maybe that's intentional because they want people to like make that jump into, okay, now I'm going to Google escape the room Philly. I, I feel you're overthinking that. I, I believe that's just like an honest mistake because for most people probably wouldn't want to take that extra step. No, they wouldn't. But the ones that do are probably the ones that are also going to go tagging the picture with all their friends in it. True. So so it's like, yeah, you're not going to get everyone. But you, in the meantime, you still have all the email addresses. And email is the best way for marketing, um, you know, more so than Facebook or anything like that for direct marketing because – yeah. Facebook could go away tomorrow. Instagram could go away tomorrow, but the email address isn't going to go away tomorrow unless they change it. So that's my point. Like you're, you're, you know, everything is supposed to work in like funnels, right? So mm-hmm. like you have everybody that shows up at, um, at escape the room, whether they paid or, or a friend paid for them or whatever. They're, they're there. Now you collected their, you know, they had a good time. They want the picture. So they're going to give you their email address. Now you take all the people that gave you the email address and you start at the next funnel at the top, right? So now you have all these email addresses and you're funneling them down to how many people click the Facebook link. Now that's great, except for the fact that if it doesn't help if they don't take that next step and click the like button. Now you get the ones that the like button. Um, but the thing is, is that since it sent me to the wrong one, it's kind of like they diverted it. So it's like people that click the link and find out. Okay. So now they got all the people that clicked the link and found out that it's the wrong Facebook page. It's the Texas, not the Philly. Okay. So now we have to make, you know, get that jump to get those people to the very bottom of the funnel. You know, you know, maybe only 10% of those people do it. Now they're already invested in like of like you see how much they've already invested to it. It still sounds to me like you're trying to justify what why why they really made a mistake. Just like but, but there was another mistake in the email, right? So they they put a thank you, but there's a one instead of an exclamation point at the end of the thank you. So maybe I don't, I don't know. Maybe the whole email is a puzzle. Remember, well, they're mm-hmm. trying to cater to people who are into puzzles and investigative type people who want to figure things out. So. Me like I know it, it sounds it sounds crazy. It does it sound crazy. Cray. But from a marketing standpoint, like the, it might actually be working for them. Well, now you touched on an interesting idea there, and that you know they could use the email to like. Well, yeah, they did. They put in like a simple puzzle there, but they can even put on like a I don't know, like some some other mysterious link or something. It's like oh, you know, take like you've seen some of the marketing campaigns for. Okay, here's one, like a video game campaign. Uh, Halo is like the I Love Bees campaign. You know, like these um, like viral websites, you can go to them, it seems to have nothing to do with anything, but then people will just all get together on the internet to try and figure out, okay, what's the mystery? What What is the big announcement? So like, 
you're almost doing the the marketing work for them. <laughs> no, no, point, but you know? think about it. like all right. So I'm I just you know while you were talking, I went to the Facebook page mm-hmm. uh, for the Escape the Room Philly, and it has fourteen thousand likes on it. In fact, I have thirteen friends that like it. Oh, there that you like go. the page. So, so I'm saying what I'm saying is, is I think that it's actually it, it, like that. I don't think that's a mistake. Now, I didn't actually read the email, right? But how many people, like, it's a bunch of text. I'm not going to read that, but maybe somebody would. So my point is, is, is that they, maybe they, you know, maybe they're just testing that out. It you still know? seems to me Send like somebody email. was typing with one hand and, you know, twittering on their phone with the other. And that's... Uh, I don't think so, Matt. I don't, I really don't think so. so. We've posted the photos to Facebook. Make sure that you check yourselves out for the winners and the loser or the loser circle. I, uh, if, if you don't see your photo, just be sure to check the game, uh, the game folder. Finally, we'll leave you with a neat puzzle. Yeah, no, they, like there's only one Facebook link and this is probably came from a generic. No, well, it's not that generic. It's escape the room, Philly.com. So maybe the person that created it is, did, did do it wrong. All right. Here's a trip advisor review. Let's see. Okay. Maybe somebody did do it wrong because you know what this, this trip advisor does take you to the escape the room, Texas. So maybe, maybe, maybe it is just a mistake that they did both or maybe they, again, they want people to be invested. Look, I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. I, I, I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. Cause I wasn't there. I mean, I was there, but, but I, I don't know. So, so I'm going to buy into it. I'm going to click the like button just because I, now I've had to Google it be, or not Google it, but, but well, look, yeah, now you're invested yeah. Cause, again, cause I'm invested. They found invested people that you know for the out of these emails that they're sending so and then they can market to those people through facebook they have their email addresses so they can market through that Hmm. and there's a lot like there's a lot of things that they can that they can do um and that's a whole rabbit hole obviously but i just wanted to point out the fact that it's like something like that is such a it's so simple yet uh, whoever thought it up was like or you know whoever they stole it from because I'm sure it was probably used some, utilized somewhere else, or at least some inspired from something else. It would probably say borrowed, but yeah, borrowed, <laughs> still whatever. Um, it, you know, it's a really neat idea that they that somebody was like, "I'm going to do this," mm-hmm. and then they put the wrong links in for both. And you know what? Doesn't matter because I just googled both of them because I was curious. I'm an invested person, so I want to know now how many people are invested. I don't know if everybody had a good time, then, you know, you only need one out of 10 of those people to be invested. And then they'll start tagging their friends in that picture. And before you know it, everybody that was, that was there, like that was tagged in that photo will probably go and click on that photo and maybe even like the page. So that's the thing, you know, cause otherwise if, if they, if they sent you to the right one, you might not, you you wouldn't be invested enough to go find your picture. It's only because it's like, oh, this is the wrong, uh, you know, this is the wrong Facebook page. Again, it's an interesting theory. I I, I still believe it was a mistake, but I and it's see, hard but, to test, right? Like I can't right. prove it with my own stuff necessarily. But on the other hand, I don't have this product that everybody just paid right. thirty dollars to come hang out and, and do you know experience. But yeah, nonetheless, I mean, I could see where you could take that type of idea it's like okay here's you know the link if you just want to go to the facebook picture but here's this other obscure link that seems to be broken huh let me like analyze the link oh i see it let me you know it's got some extra characters on take it off and like oh here's this hidden facebook page or you know whatever or here's like here's like a here's a puzzle like what's this all right let me investigate a little bit further you know it's 
with marketing, you want to get people's attention. Like, you know, what's the most popular commercials? Uh, Super Bowl, right? Super Bowl commercials are the ones everybody looks forward to. Yeah. Because they put more time and effort into them. Super They're, undervalued, by the way. <laughs> you know, it's like, they, are, they are super undervalued. I they, mean, just, they should be charging twice what they charge. It's the only time I watch a commercial throughout the year, I'm like, okay, that was actually funny. And I, it doesn't give anybody the product. Uh, me, personally, no, but... I remember it. I'll probably go watch it again. So and that it's effective and it has longevity. Well, I, th- I you know, one thing, um, what was it? That, like, they were like, Oh, uh, somebody I was listening to was like, you know, no one's going to run around and be like, Matt, that Coca-Cola I just had was amazing. And I'm not <laughs> talking like some special Coca-Cola, like mm-hmm. just Coke, like just in the uh, plain Coke. But the thing is, is that's why they spend so much money on advertising. So that everywhere you look, that's where you see. You see the Coca-Cola symbol or the commercial or this or that because they have to because no one's going to drink Coca-Cola and be like, I got to I got to share this with the world. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> but but like look at like last year was it the share the share Coke uh, campaign. I mean, yeah. that was a great, you know, a great campaign. Uh, for the fact that every time that somebody got something with a, with you know oh I got, it says Matt's name I got I got to send it to Matt now all of a sudden I'm marketing to you for Coca Cola and all it took them was to put the name Matt on a can <laughs> that's it that's all it took them is like let's take the top 100 names or, or or groups of people and put them on a can and boom all of a sudden we're like we're just we're everyone becomes a marketer for for Coca Cola it's amazing. You know, you got a point there because somebody actually did text me a picture of a Coke bottle with my name on it. I wasn't really sure how to respond. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, that's, thank you, I, I think. That's interesting, I guess. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. But, uh, but, nonetheless, but did it get me to drink a Coke? No. But it but got you me. don't know that it didn't. I mean, you were here earlier and you drank some Coke. I drank that Coke because that's what was there. Now, if it had, the Coke had been next to a Pepsi... Then it would there have been was a pe- there was Pepsi in the fridge. Oh, so maybe it did work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't out, right? So right. like you, you, you. But yeah. I didn't go looking for it either. Like, yeah. oh, there's that Coke that I love so much because that's my name on it. So I just drink this. I'm not, I'm not even going to entertain the idea. There could be Pepsi somewhere else in the house, like possibly three feet away in the fridge. It's like no, no, that's, no. Let's go yeah, work for the well, Coke. Tr- true, true. Um. All right. So so yeah. So uh, escape the room. It's it's awesome. You should go do it. Um and and just recognize that they're really really good about uh their marketing. Like really good mar- about yeah, their marketing. Yeah. I mean as far as that goes, if you haven't done it, I I would recommend it. I had a great time. Just get a bunch of people together, you know, people that you don't have to be great puzzle solvers, but if you get enough people together, somebody in there will be able to figure it out. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just got to play the odds. So, uh, okay, so the other thing that happened, because uh, we're, we're getting up on an hour here, so I don't want to go too, too much longer, but because uh, I also have to eat dinner and go to a meeting for Toastmasters tonight, um, is, oh, yeah, um, yeah, apparently I need to hold Eva for a minute here. If I want to have dinner, oh, if I wanna have dinner <laughs> apparently I need to hold Eva. That's okay. That's a fair trade-off. She looks like she's ready to be held. She just needs to have that bib on. Does she, she just eat? Mm-hmm. And we're doing this live. I'm not even cutting this. Okay, so this is this is how like life goes when when we have uh, babies in in the in the his house, his house is that a, is that a thing still? Oh no, we're crying. Okay, so no. this week, oh she might need to be burped. All right, so this week uh, when I, I went out to dinner um, over in Penn's Landing in Philly, uh, it was it was a really good dinner. It was at the Revolution House. Have you been there, Matt? Actually, yeah, my cousins uh, came down last month, and my uh, parents, you know, we took them out to tour of Philly. We were kind of walking them around, and we stopped in there. Yeah, the food was decent. 
it was um you know it's a nice part of Philly because it's, it's a historic area. We got to go see the uh, you know the Betsy Ross house, and you know we saw you know remnants of uh, well, I guess Ben Franklin's basement. But, ben <laughs> Franklin's basement. You know, but there, there's all kinds of neat things to see. You know, it's they have a theater room down there. No, it was just a. <laughs> it actually kind of looked like the inside of a tomb. To tell you the truth. Oh. You know, because it's all this, <laughs> but. Nonetheless, I mean, you know, they got signs everywhere. You can, you can learn quite a bit if you take time to read or take a tour. So, uh, but yeah, the Revolution House, um, I, you know, I wouldn't go out of my way to go there. But if you're in the area, the food was good. The prices were decent. The pr- and, I thought the uh, prices were really cheap, actually. I got a sandwich for 10 bucks, And and it came fast. And that's, you know, we weren't, that's one thing I hate about restaurants, you know, when you got to wait around for a long time. And, okay, it depends on what you're ordering, too. If everybody's ordering steak, it's kind of a given. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, we just kind of got in, got out, and um, I guess the only other thing I can think of is they had uh, some unique beers there, where it's like, oh, here's uh, Thomas Jefferson's beer recipe, and here's Ben Franklin's beer recipe that tastes really nasty, but hey, it's from Ben Franklin's. Uh. <laughs> we'll try it out. Um, yeah, it was it was good. Um, so I got to meet I got to meet a bunch of people there. Uh, as I said earlier about like how somebody heard my the name of my new book. Uh, that I'm working on, you know, um, across the table and all. But I got to meet uh, a friend of mine and or a new guy, a new person that's now my friend. Um, and we we were walking out of the restaurant, and we ended up walking. He had to walk past like where I had my car parked, and we ended up talking for like I was probably like two hours out, and it was cold too. It was like 50 degrees outside, and I was in like shorts and a t-shirt, so so it was kind of cold. But he he told me something, and I'm like. I don't, I, I don't know. I was like, I'm a little skeptical, right? So he's like, hey, he's like, I think that you should be a street preacher. He's like, you're so animated and you're just like, you, you're so passionate and you seem like such a great guy. He's like, you should be a street preacher. He's like, where well, we don't collect money because we're not actually preaching like, um, I guess like le- legit religion something i i'm not i'm not quite sure how to put it but but i thought it was interesting because I, I, I still don't think like like I, I i don't i don't think that's me I don't, I don't really see you holding court in a street corner maybe in a uh maybe in a restaurant somewhere or like an open mic night <laughs> <laughs> well that's a, that's yeah. here on facebook live on mondays uh come come hang out with us on facebook live facebook.com slash pardo joe but you standing on top of a milk crate and just like, <laughs> you know, waving, waving your arms around. Arms. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, my arms around. Maybe as a one-off thing, you know. I don't you know. Could, he, you, could get, he, you could get a whole new audience. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to have this guy on my show at some point. He, he lives not too far from here. He lives down in like, um, I think like the Bethesda area in Maryland. So maybe, maybe that's how they do it in Maryland. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I'm definitely going to have to have him on the show. He, we had a really great conversation and, uh, obviously I, you know, I stood out in the cold and he stood out in the cold too. He maybe was trying to talk, t- t- touch the mic here. Trying to hit, get the microphone out of the way. Get the <laughs> microphone get out mic. of my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no questions, please. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so anyway, no, I just thought it was interesting. I, I was curious what you what your opinion of that would be for for me. I, I don't plan on uh, soapboxing it anytime soon. That that's not digital, but yeah, it's uh, interesting. And, you know, obviously the guy's playing a compliment, and uh, I just I was trying to think like what the equivalent of a soapbox would be. Would a would a podcast be today's soapbox? I mean, you you are sort of just could be YouTube. I mean, you know, put yourself out, put there. yourself out there yeah. to a bunch of people. I mean. 
it doesn't have yeah. the same kind of visual effect, I guess. Where you know, again, you're standing there waving your arms around, and you got the big trench coat. But <laughs> well, YouTube would, but, True. It, but yeah, it, it's not. Um, it's hard to to make that that drama, right? Of like, ooh, yeah, that drama. Um, that, that you would get being in person, and we're we're crying now. So right. I apologize for the crying. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to get the burps out. I'm trying to get the burps out. So. Uh, Matt, I, you know, the, the only topic that's left for this week is, uh, procrastination and it looks like we're not going to have time to, uh, hit up procrastination again this week. Oh, there we go. Well, we got her. We got a legitimate yeah. reason this time around. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got the, uh, the petrified look here going on. Um, yeah, no, I, I <laughs> sorry, procrastination. Uh, we don't have enough time for this. It's quickly becoming our, uh, our, was it our, uh, our Matt Damon. It speaks for itself. Yeah. We don't have enough time for Matt Damon <laughs> ever. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So uh, stay tuned for for after the jump when I uh, interview Eric Patrick Thomas. Um, it was an absolutely amazing interview talking about um, like special needs, like for wheelchair accessibility and stuff like that. But but like I said, he's a creative uh, entrepreneur who has his own um, design company. Friends with Damon John, and he he does a lot of motivational speaking and it's just a wonderful wonderful guy he's also a rapper hmm. so you know there's that too uh and he's actually i think he's working on a new album um for the first time in in a long time cool. so yeah so there's there's that so you definitely got to stay tuned for our patrick thomas uh and if you want to donate to give kids the world you should uh it you know we've raised over 500 dollars with a commitment to a thousand dollars in just a couple weeks from now uh, which is absolutely ridiculous because we last year we only raised six hundred dollars, um, so we're we're really looking forward to to raising that money for Give Kids the World. If you don't know who they are, go to gktw.org. Uh, if you want to donate to them, use please use my link, thesuperjoepardo.com/slash/donate. And it was just like. Um, what was it like when we were on there? I was like super, like Super Mario, Joe, like like me and Pardo, like, well, like me too. And Ava is just like staring at me right yeah, now. Yeah, As soon as you start talking about the links, it's like, yeah, oh. she's like, how do I find out more about these links? I want, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta click on them. I, I gotta click on all the links. That's how we, that's how viruses happen. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So go to superjoepardo.com slash donate to donate to give kids the world. Just click the support Joe link. And, uh, Matt, I, you know, I really appreciate you giving so much money, um, it was $120. It's absolutely amazing. And, uh, I, so far I've, I have to donate, uh, later this week, a hundred and some plus dollars. I'm not sure what the final total was, but over a hundred dollars myself and Ava's look, her mouth is like literally open. If you're watching this on Facebook live, her mouth was like <laughs> literally looking at like her mouth is wide open. Um, and she's just staring at me out of the corners of her eyes. So yes, she can't believe that I donate. I'm donating that much. <laughs> that Mac donated that much. That together we've raised over five hundred dollars, but soon to be over a thousand. So let's make it happen. Let's let's get some more money uh, donated for Give Kids the World. And yeah, so this is what it's like to be in our third year. And no signs of slowing down, man. It's only the start. Only the beginning. It really, really is. I'm I'm looking forward to everything that this uh, that this journey has to offer, and everything that I can create 
from this. You know, it's like a, it's like this guy that um, I play. You know, for all those that don't know, I I play roller hockey once a week, and it's like this guy uh, I got to play with. Um, he's really really good. He's ruined lots of open hockey nights uh, for me because he's just too darn good, and he's like a one man team. Hmm. But um, it, you know, it, it's like you said, it's like you don't, you know, you, you don't find the time, you make the time. When you know, when 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 I was talking to him in, in regards to, you know, you can like dance around people, you got the puck, you like you you know you you just it just seems like nobody can get the puck away from you, and you can skate up and down. He's like, no, no, you you just. He's like, I'm not, the time isn't there. He's like, I'm creating that time to find somebody else that's open to pass it. And that's, that's what it is. So you gotta, you gotta make the time. You gotta make it, make it happen or no one's going to make it happen for you. Um, yeah. So Matt, anything else you want to add before we, we wrap up here? No, Joe, I think we said it all. It's been a, not, uh... not, not about procrastination. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm not even going to bring it up. <sighs> okay. Well, it doesn't exist if we don't talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Stay tuned, guys, for After the Jump with Eric Patrick Thomas. Joe, I have a challenge for you. What? What's that, Matt? I want you to give me a way to support the Dreamers podcast that's not only easy, but it's not going to cost me any money. Buy stuff on Amazon. Really? Yes. Go to superjoepardo.com forward slash Amazon. Update your bookmark for Amazon to that link, superjoepardo.com forward slash, forward slash Amazon. Every time you make a purchase, I get money. Joe, in the time it took you to describe that, I've already done it, and I'm a slow typer. You know what? Why don't you go buy some uh, Mavis Typing Tutor on Amazon using the superjoepardo.com forward slash Amazon and help contribute to Dreamers Podcast. It'll be here in two days. Thanks, Amazon Prime. Hey, Dreamers. Today, I'm talking with Eric Thomas, who is making his dreams come true by not letting adversity get in his way of his dreams uh, of being a successful entrepreneur. That sound about right to you? Sounds beautiful to me. (laughs) Sounds beautiful to me, too. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time. I know uh, you're, you're quite busy running your own company, and uh, and it's got to be tough, I imagine, because you you uh, for for my audience listening, uh, you are paralyzed from the neck neck down. Correct. Correct. That's man. That that's got to slow everything down. It does. Um, you know, a lot of the challenges. It comes with. If the person that is working for me, if they are not able to work, then I have to find not only a person to help me, like, you know, physically, but I also have to, but they also, I have to hopefully hope that they have some knowledge into being able to work the, the job or help me with the company or the things that I need to take care of. A lot of times, usually, if that happens, it's just kind of like the main thing is taking care of me first and then the company second. So, because it's like running two jobs, you know, 24-hour care, I have to make sure that I always have someone there to do everything for me, but think and speak, you know, even just to itch my face or adjust my straw or answer the phone or just... uh, you know, bathroom, eating, everything. Um, and then you have the company too. So 
it's kind of like when that person's down, then the company goes it, it it goes down for a minute. It's it's definitely challenging. No, I I I can't even imagine um how how difficult that must be for you and and for everyone. But at the same time, it's super inspiring because you're not letting that get in the way of doing what you want and what you love. Not at all. You know, it's in uh, every customer that we have or client, I, I, I tell them very upfront. I'll, I'll say, well, look, cause they'll say, what are your hours? Cause I have a, a brick and mortar store and I'll be, well, to be safe, they could be from this time to this time. But if it's below zero, you know, living in Michigan, I may not leave the house. So I'm, I might not be here just because it's so cold. I have to think of, I have to protect myself first, you know, take care of, take care of, you know, my health first. The other thing is if I don't have a caregiver, it doesn't show up in the morning, then I have to try and find a backup and that might be family or that might be someone that can make it here, but it's not able to do the things the care the caregiver could do on that amount of time. It's just having someone being with me at, you know, it's, and then I'm not able, this kind of like goes in first, instead of going to the shop and handling the business, I have to handle everything myself. So I, I really tell the customer up front, but, um, I, you know, I let them know, like, don't pity it, you know, because of my disability, you know, but, uh, there could be circumstances that I'm not able to be in here all the time. Like how people run a retail store, they're there Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday. I just have to do it differently. I just have to do what works for me. I'm still going to run a retail, but it's just got, that's just, that's just how it is. And a person, a customer can like it or not, I guess if they want to go with me, they can, if not, then, you know, I appreciate them trying to or something. So, well, they, yeah, it's definitely something that, that um, they, you know, could get to know up front and firsthand with getting to meet you and, and all that. So, um, yeah. you know, obviously it can't work for every situation depending on the needs of the customer. But it's nice that you, you're, you know, you're up front with them and they know and you're, you know, you're the face of, of the company. So it's, it's, it is really um, important. Uh, so why don't we go back before we, we jump into like the company and everything that we, you know, you do now, let's go back to how did you get to, to now? Like, what's your background? Uh, my background growing up was hip hop music first was always music in elementary. I started writing hip hop music or liking hip hop music and then starting to write two lyrics. And um, I had groups in elementary, and then I had groups in middle school, and I had groups in high school. So I kind of stuck with that. The other stuff is I always wanted to do was have my own apparel. Like I always wanted to own or wear my own designs on my clothes. Just didn't have the opportunity to do it. A lot of times I would turn my shirts inside out just because so they were blank because I wanted to be able to have my own stuff eventually um so that's kind of like the background you know with music and design uh i guess if you look at it that would be 
taking your ideas and seeing them come to life. The other thing is being like an entrepreneur. I, I'm pretty sure if I remember back, my first uh, taste of entrepreneur was renting out my Nintendo games, the original Nintendo. And then a lot taking that money and then putting it towards new games. At that time, you know, games didn't come out every day. You know, it took like months and months for new games to come out. So you could build towards that, mow lawns, rent them out. Uh, your mom, you know, maybe they help you out. So it just depends on what it was at that time. And then I think I started that. So I built my collection through that. I mean, I had it all laid out too, like late fees, everything. Um, I think I learned that by going to the video stores a lot because there was a video store across the street. And then um, when I got Transformers and stuff, I did the same thing with those. I think it was Nintendo Transformers and G.I. Joe's. I think that was it. And then, so that was kind of like, I, I guess I didn't know that was entrepreneur at the time you know i just thought i was renting my nintendo games to build my collection and at the same time the neighborhood kids could be happy too you know all that video game stuff was really new then um you know it was months and months that new games and new systems would come out it's not like now where you know probably after you and i just talked about this for a minute a thousand or two thousand games just came out you know so, um, <laughs> so it's kind of like the background of that. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. In high school is where I got involved in a, uh, it was called the Skill Center, my junior and senior year. <clears throat> and that's where I took like graphic design, printing, and photography. And uh, after that, I wasn't even going to go to college. And then my teacher there, Mr. Watkins, he he was like, what are you going to do when you get out of high school? I was like, I'm going to be done. <laughs> I'm not going to college. But we we talked a while and he said, you know, you can go to college for like photography. You like photography. And I really didn't believe him that I could like go to college for something like that. Like you really can go to college for photography. I just always kind of thought it was just more books and just extended learning from high school. But, you know, we, we put my portfolio together and he brought in the Art Institute of Pittsburgh and Lansing Community College. And we went over stuff and it was like, then I had to make a decision. I almost went to Art Institute of Pittsburgh. I don't even remember how we backed down from it because it seems like I was I was pretty close to being registered for Art Institute of Pittsburgh. And I think what happened is I went to LCC because I decided that it was like a fail, kind of safe kind of thing, only being so far away from hometown, from my mom's place, that like if I didn't succeed or if I failed there or kind of messed up in college, then I didn't have too far to fall back. So obviously that, obviously later on you find out that that's kind of what happened, but not in the way that you would suspect it. So 
I ended up out in LCC taking the photo program and still doing music. And then we found a person in the city that um, had a rap battle and asked him to do some songs with us. And then later on, we became a group called Miscellaneous. And that's kind of the, the history. So, all right. So let's go. When, when did you become paralyzed? Uh, the night of our album release party, September 20th of 97. Wow. And, and, uh, you, uh, how, how did it happen? Um, we had a album release party at the house. So we had a, a professional event at an unprofessional location, I guess you could say. <laughs> so you learn from that. I always try and tell people that. So if they're going to do something like that, do it. Do it somewhere professional, you know, somewhere where you would just don't do it at a house, a house party that you don't know people that are going to come to your house. So I went outside to check the parking lot to make sure people like weren't in my neighbor's yard and stuff, just trying to keep everybody over by my house. And then I was coming back and then I was on the first step facing the house and there was people on the porch and a couple people down below like on the cement and stuff and then he, someone came around the van the dj van pulled the gun and sh- was shooting and then got in the car and was shooting or there was, as far as we know from the neighbors there was like 30 seconds of gunfire that you know like that's how long wow it's that because i went after i got out of rehab i went back to the neighborhood and talked to some of the neighbors and they were they were letting me know what their view was on it. See, some people from the party, it's so mixed up. Say they saw the car, they didn't see the car. They saw the truth. You know, it's no investigation, though, in uh, no real clear story. We just know that I was shot for sure. I mean, I still have the bullet in my third vertebrae. And from that, it paralyzed me from the neck down right away. Um, my breathing, I was unable to breathe on my own and speaking, well, basically everything and talking. So, wow. Um, yeah, well, I mean, eyewitness accounts are usually not very good. Um, but that, uh, nobody else was hurt, right? It it, that night or it was, it was just you or, hmm. Wow. So, I mean, how do you recover from something like that mentally? I mean, physically, you know, it's a whole different story, but but being knocked down like that. Time and just I don't know, prayers and and just uh it's just a it's it's a it's a time. Just it's time. time. Yeah, it's I mean, it's time. You know, you have to it just takes time. And when the time came to forgive that, that came, um, you know, just a lot of, you know, saying like, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep moving on or are you just going to give up? You know, it's kind of how it is as bad as, as bad as the situation is. I mean, here you are, you have four screws in your head and now you have, you did have tubes in your mouth or, but now you have a, a trach in your throat and um 
it's already chaos. It was chaos in the hospital. Because here you are, you have divorced parents with, you know, they're, they're, you know, trying to put the parents back together, trying to get that. And you're not talking either. All you're communicating is with eye blinks. And then they're like, you know, everybody's trying to figure out what happened, who did this and who was what. And then the people that actually did get clearance to get into the hospital, they're saying such and such did this. We heard about this. We heard about this. It's, it's chaotic. It is. I mean, there was no calm for that storm for a while. It was even when they left, it was still a storm because you, every time you close your eyes when you did actually close them and I don't even think that I voluntarily closed them I think they just had to hit me with drugs in my IV to have me finally sleep but every dream turned into a nightmare like over and over it was always reliving the shooting or something no matter what it was so there was that it was your parents you know and then you know yeah you're stepmom and stepdad and just trying to get them to to be on the same page with everything you got your friends and you got people that you don't know that say they're your friends and there's also people that are that you knew by nickname but you didn't know their real name because you just always call them by their nickname you know even though they're with you every day they're trying to see you but you you're not able to give them clearance to see you because you don't even you didn't know their real name so like when i go to schools i always talk about like know your friends real names you know like even though even their mom probably doesn't even use that real their real their um your friend's real name because i have friends right now that their mom doesn't call them by their actual like government name they always call them by some nickname or something that they've just always called um you know, their child. So that's the one thing. Just like on my dad's side of the family, I think uh, all of the, the kids were called by their middle name. Like, I didn't even know my uncle's real name wasn't Kevin. <laughs> but that's what I always called him, but it was by his middle name. And like my dad's, they, he's always been called Patrick, but that's his middle name. Well, I think that's a great point uh, to bring up that, you know, you should you should know the people and, and know the people's name, the real names, uh, just in case. Because, you know, I can think of a few people that I've had that mistake <laughs> myself where I was like, oh, I didn't know that that wasn't the person's name. Um, let's let's move forward to to building your your own business. How did how did we get how did you get started with that? When I got out of rehab, uh, luckily I didn't have to go to a nursing home because that would be the the case. I got to go back to my mom and stepdad's house. Stepdad built a ramp and widened the doorway. So I got to start the new life over there and picking up the pieces back into the community, back into society. So it's kind of like, what am I going to do? And the first thing was trying to get back into the music that was job wise or it, I tried to start a record label, but it just seemed like all the artists, they either wanted to listen or they just wanted to be superstars or like right away, just because based on what they were seeing on TV or, you know, getting influenced by 
the other thing was going back to school. I tried to go back to the same college and commute there, but it just got old. So I started commuting, uh, going to college here locally in Flint so that, um, and just taking all different classes, just absorbing whatever from business to jazz, to music appreciation, to political science, to psychology, to Spanish, you know, whatever it is, you know, anything like that. The record label, I eventually just stopped. And then I had the opportunity to write for an entertainment newspaper called the Promoter Newspaper. And the way I write, um, I use voice recognition software. That's how I type on the computer. So I got the opportunity to write for this new entertainment newspaper. At that time, that's when uh, the Eminem in uh, era was starting. So we got to write on a lot of things like that. Like Interscope was a big backer of this paper. So a lot of the artists that were in there were from Interscope Records and the Hip Hop Summit was starting off too, um, was starting to come to Detroit. So I got to be there for all of that and write about it and meet a lot of people and interview a lot of artists. And I don't know how many years that went on for but then the next thing, I started my own radio station. Um, I bought a license through Live 365, and it was called The Miz Radio. And the website was streetlevel.biz. And we just, um, it was, started off with my hip-hop, but then I realized I had to, you know, make the radio station a little more diverse because we were using the world as the audience. And at one time, though, I did have DJs in Africa and Australia and England, in California, Atlanta, um, Illinois, um, Ohio, Michigan. Um, I know there's a couple more places I had them all over and they were they were building program content. Uh, they would send in like a uh, an example of what type of show they wanted to do and then we would approve it my my team as we started building our uh Ms. radio team and then there were changes in the publishing i think that's what it was and so um aol and live 365 and shoutcast and pandora we all went to the capitol and we introduced a bill called the internet radio equality act because with these new changes, the little radio stations like mine and a lot of other people, they would shut down. So we went there and we went to the Capitol and we went and met everybody and um, introduced the Internet Radio Equality Act, which passed. And then, um, but eventually the, they, they got their way and then the radio station, I had to shut it down because you couldn't get the, the advertising and it was hard to pay the publishing because the things changed. Then I went into mentoring and then they they were, uh, their grant did not get approved um, after administration change in the state of Michigan. It was just one of the cuts that was made in the budget. And it was kind of like what to do now. And so start went back to something originally that I wanted to do was, you know, shirt making. It wasn't shirt, it wasn't signed and everything like that, but it was making like t-shirts or apparel. And uh, um, 
I got in touch with uh, this person named Cheryl. She works for Goodwill, and Goodwill has a contract with GHS, which is Genesee Health Systems. And one of the services I receive is supportive employment, along with community living supports. And with supportive employment, that allows me to have a job coach help me develop a business plan and a business and work in the business. So that's what we did. We developed the plan for at least a year and had people read it and give us feedback and then rewrite it and do the same thing. And we developed that until we got it right until I found an investor and in person they wanted to be an investor, but a partner because they already own a lot of other companies. And it was, so they kind of wanted to be like, an investor partner and a mentor, I guess, at the same time. Plus a lot of the things that we got from him was like their CPAs, their, you know, the, their attorneys and like all the resources that he had, we had in place too. So that helped out. It still helps out a lot. Um, so we thought of the name, came up with it, Easy Awareness by Design, got it incorporated and then the location, the first location, Goodwill had some incubator place or incubator space available. And I said, this is where the future of this business is going to be. And for, you know, in November of 2011, we're opening the doors. That's, that's how, that, that's the history of the making of easy awareness. That is awesome, man. And, you know, obviously it doesn't happen overnight and it's always a, usually the stories are a culmination of the things that we've done in the past coming forward, you know, full circle and making us want to do it now. Um, so I, I, I love the fact that you not only do it now, but you, it's something that you've wanted to do and harkens back to when you were a kid wanting to, to design, have your own uh, apparel to wear. Yeah, it was... It was like, it was like something that you dream of as a kid, you know, happening. So you're just like, when I go there, I don't even look at it as work. Like, I don't wake up and go, oh, man, I got to go to the shop. Like, I wake up and I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to go to the shop to go produce. Or I think about, like, I work all day at the shop, come home and do more research on the computer when I'm not doing other things, like, you know, for like right now, you know, I've been promoting Damon John's The Power of Broke book and stuff, I'm one of the ambassadors. And then I'm doing stuff for the D-Man Foundation too. So when I'm doing other stuff, but then when I go to sleep, like I build, like I'm, I create while I'm sleeping. You know, like sometimes I'll like build products and stuff and I'll have the idea and like where it goes and who the customer is and like, how did it help society? Then I wake up, I'm like, oh, man, I thought I did that already. But then I'm excited to go make that happen. So then I go through the whole day, and then I, you know, it kind of repeats itself. So even while I sleep, I'm, I'm like, dreaming or, you know, brainstorming the ideas. And then, then, I'm not, then I can't wait to just get up and, and make it reality, you know, or, like, just something a design idea or something that just comes to me at three in the morning and I wait, I'm just like, wow. Oh, but I'm not able to do anything about it because I'm not able to like take a notepad and write down something. 
So a lot of times, like I just tell my caregiver just to make a mental, like a, a little note or something or text it to me so that I can, um, uh, you know, talk about it the next day, you know, when, uh, when Jesse gets there, the graphic design artist and stuff, when she gets there to come and pick me up and we go over everything production and, you know, for the day. Uh, the other thing that has helped me out a lot is uh, like goals. You know, I started doing goals, um, writing like daily goals. So at night I'll write the goals for tomorrow, but I also have like the six months goals. So like right now in June, I'll start working on the next six months of, of those goals. And there's personal goals and there's business goals. So there's a, you know, I, I switch them up. It's pretty good. You know, like that saying is, that you always see, I share it too. I didn't say it though, is, you know, without a, without something to aim at, without a target, then, you know, you just, you don't have anything to aim at. You don't have a target. So, which is true. You think about it, you got an idea and you got a, you got this, but you don't have anything to look at to aim at. So I have deadlines for them too. Sometimes you make them, sometimes you don't, but you know, at least you know that you're on track of things. It keeps you uh, keeps you focused. You can see what you accomplished too. After six months, you look back and you're like, wow, look at all these goals that I accomplished. Like everything I said I was going to do, it happened. So you're like, you know, that's real important. Um, and just planning. Good mentors, That's pl- that's really good too finding really good mentors and you can find as many as you want because they can help you in all different areas. So, you know, mentors, you just, you just, you couldn't say enough about getting them. They're going to help you in all that, all just through your life, like just wherever part you need it. It could just be a life mentor. It could be a business mentor. Could be a marketing mentor. You just don't know. You know, that's that's the great thing because that's building your team of like helping you grow. You know, you don't want like five. You don't want five people of of uh, you know that are the same. You want a, a mix. You know, of, of you don't want five people of graphic design mentors. You want this. This mentor, graphic design person, this entrepreneur mentor, you know, so that you can build that that real strong team and uh, you grow from it because they get to listen to what you're doing and they're not going to do it for you. They're going to watch you and they're going to try and figure out ways to help you without doing it for you, I guess you would say. Could be anything. Could be an article that gets in your email one day and you're just like, oh, well, let me read that. No. Yeah, no, I am a big proponent of having mentors um, in, in all aspects of your life, because even the, the ones that um, can help you in life can help you in business just in ways that you might not have thought about or you might have discounted at first. So I, I really uh, I, I do appreciate a lot of what you said about having having a mentor help you along the way. Um, I was curious how how your family took you starting up um, easy awareness? Uh, I'm pretty sure they were relieved. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, finally something that's going to hopefully, sub, you know, get some sub stability. Because um, I've tried all the other things. It is still a work in progress, but this is the, the most... I, I, this is the, the thing that's really a lot of time has been spent on. I used to be on a lot of boards and a lot of committees and I had to, to, to let them go so that I could really put, you know, 150% into the business. No, um, I hear that. I don't think I ever got any naysay. Like, how are you going to do that? Or where are you going to get the money? Um, I think all in all, this venture was supportive so trying to think if there was anybody besides outside my family that was wondering how i was going to do things like the one thing with the retail when i said i wanted to do retail and i want to have my retail location at the shop i definitely heard from a lot of people that were like well what if you're not there what if i'm not there that's just how it's got to be i got to tell people that you know if i'm not there i'm just I'm not there, then I, I'll just do it the way that I can do it with my ability. Because, you know, most retail stores, like even in the mall, I think if you have a place in the mall, you're required to have it open. So, you know, every, you know, however many days it is, or shopping days is what they call it. And it's just, it's just not, up. To, that's not my need. That's, that doesn't fit my needs. So it doesn't, it doesn't go with what I what I can do, because I know that there could be times, there could be times that if I have a pressure sore, you know, on my bottom, that can put me in bed for months. So wow. that's the other thing you got to watch your skin, your health. You got to make sure that you have caregivers. <laughs> uh, tra- uh, wheelchair transportation. So all those things also come in play with just getting to your business. Then some people are like, well, why don't you just run your business from your house? Yeah, you can, but then it's just like, you never get that separation. You know, I run a lot of stuff from my house already, even when I get, get away from it, but it's nice to be able to go to a location and have some separation from your your house to your to your business no i know i live that now <laughs> everything i do is here at the house but i i have a an appreciation for for retail because that's where i came from with my family's business so uh i know all about being open no matter what no matter if it's snowing uh you know state of emergency and and all that so I, I I have an appreciation for it enough to know that what I don't want, which is to be in retail anymore of my life if I don't have to be. Um, but I, I can appreciate the idea of getting out and going to, to, you know, having a place to go that's somewhere else, you know, that I think there's, um I think there's a lot to be said, especially for you in your case where you, you can't just get up and go take a walk around the block or, right. or something like that. Not just to get up out of bed like that. You have to have, you know, just to get out of bed, you have to have a person be able to get you out of bed. So you have to use a sling. You have to use a lift. The lift lifts you up in the air. Then you have to roll the lift to your wheelchair. It's just not like where you're like, well, I'm going to lay down for a second. Oh, I'm going to get out of bed. Like, that's a process, too. That takes time. 
like everything takes time leading into, you know, just the day. And then once you've survived all that, then the day starts, you know, going to the shop and stuff. See, first you got to make sure someone even just shows up at your, your place to get you ready because all oh, that's not perfect either. Cause they may have, they may be sick. They may be snowed in. They may have car troubles. They may just not want to show up. You know, I trust me that stuff happens just like any other business. Um, and you got to deal with it just because it's a person. It, it's, it's, it's not treated any differently, unfortunately, because it's, you know, between a burger and a human being, it's treated pretty much the same. So, <laughs> so then if somebody doesn't show up and your third shift is there, now the pressure's on. You're like, okay, I got to find someone to come in. You know, I got I to start making phone calls now. Well, sometimes you're not able to find anybody. Then now the extended phone call is like your, your family. You know, your, your mom, your dad, your stepmom, stepdad. Like, well, I mean, obviously they live in the same places. So, and you just hope for an answer around the corner or who's got the day off, you know, who can, or the neighbors across the street. It's, it's kind of like, who can we go to right now? I mean, if we can get someone here, say it was a neighbor, the neighbor doesn't know how to do my care, obviously, but it's someone that's here that now can allow me time to find someone that can come get me ready and get me out of bed. And sometimes you may not find that person and you might just be stuck in bed. And then that's where you call, I would call Jesse and say, hey, just bring your laptop. We're going to have to work from my house today. And then that will give us time where we work on the website and work on pushing orders, social media, email, um, trying to generate sales from that, from doing that. And then being able to do any production at that time, that's not happening. Not unless we have someone that can go into the shop and go, go make the stuff. Cause we do a lot of in, we do, we do a lot of in-house stuff, but we also do outsource stuff. We outsource locally. So, I mean, that also helps too. So if we need some shirts done, then we can just contact one of our strategic partners and say, you know, can you get this done? at this time, send them over the artwork. And they're really, really good at it. Um, they get it done exactly how we want it. Quality, the timing, and the courtesy. And um, we have no complaints with our strategic partners. Now, Eric, you, you've mentioned a tremendous amount of roadblocks in your life, um, from past mm -hmm. ones to, to current ones. Um, and, and I would love to he you know, hear if there's any more that are big ones to you, but um, I would really love to hear uh, what's been the biggest business roadblock for you since starting uh, Easy Awareness? I still think it would be, it would still be like where you would have to be on like bed rest or something like that. You know, something that hits you physically first to be able to go to, to do what you need to do. Because, you know, when you're on bed rest, sometimes you don't, like, want to, you, you're not in the right focus to handle business. Like, sometimes you might not want to do that interview or talk to that person. Because mentally, you're not prepared to do it. Because that stuff laying in a bed for a month or 
you know, weeks or two months, that has an effect on you. I mean, you're just in a little rectangle. That's that's your space that you that you're there. You're not even you don't even move in your room. Your room, you know, could be a little bit bigger, but you're on this basically like an air mattress, you know, that's half the size of a big air mattress. You know, it's the stuff will have an effect with you and you can only watch so much TV and read so much and kind of just keep your mind together. But sometimes you're not ready to focus on business or, or anything. You just want to kind of lay there and take, take a, you know, relax your, your thoughts and minds because you have all these thoughts, but you're not able to create them yet because you're not able to, to get out of bed to just make it happen. So I think that's a big, a big roadblock. Uh, I would, I would definitely say not having, if it's just one person that's helping me that day, that can be a, a, the biggest challenge because every time that I need something like a drink or my arm goes off the trough, then that person has to stop what they're doing and they could be in their work zone, design zone, and they got to come and help me. So that's what I would like this when somebody is like, what can I do to help you? Come up and volunteer, like just help. But what can I do? I don't know how to make shirts. Well, that's fine. Just be there to help me, you know, because every time something that we, I have to stop that person and it takes them out of their zone, you know, volunteer, no, <laughs> the volunteer schedule is important because just having like a couple extra people there, that helps out a lot. That helps out a whole lot. Because that just allows the freedom for, you know, the design work, you know, the designing to to, to get accomplished and to stay in that mode. You don't want to keep taking someone out of their zone. Yeah, definitely. I, like I said, I know that all too well, getting interruptions and stuff when you when you get in that work mode. it's It makes it very difficult and slows you down. Well, yeah, think about when we start when we were going to do our interview a couple of days ago. I mean, think of all the stuff that happened that day. The the Skype didn't work. The video didn't work. Then we went to Facebook to try to get the video to work. That didn't work. Then Google Plus didn't work. But then it came and it started to work. Then we had video on Google Plus, but a sound on Skype. We are like, okay, what are we going to do now? And then I'm like, okay, well, let me shut the computer down. And then the breaker blew in the shop. <laughs> so then that <laughs> went down. After a while, you ran. we ran out of time, so we had to reschedule. I mean... Yeah, everything just happened that day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that we're able to make this all work now. And uh, thank you for bringing it up because I actually had forgotten that we were going to bring that up uh, during this this interview because of of the extraordinary amount of uh, time and effort that went into trying to make video and audio work together like they should. Because this is 2016, um, it just it just goes to show you, like every you know things happen and as business owners um you know we we're inherently problem solvers you know i mean even yourself yeah. you know dreaming about products and things that you can make and how you can make the world a better place i think there's born uh, and this is only my opinion but i feel through my experience there's born entrepreneurs which you just said are problem solvers and there are learn people that learn to be an entrepreneur and the difference is is like me I'm pretty sure that it's with it, it's born because when I see like a problem, 
I automatically am trying to calculate the solution. And there might be somebody that's next to you that's a, that's a business owner or an entrepreneur. They don't see it that way. They're just seeing the problem and just kind of, it might just bypass. They're not thinking, I'm trying to find the solution right now. Or they're trying to figure out like why it got that way or who caused that. Me, I'm past that. I'm like, that's not going to change anything. I need to find the solution. Like, what is the solution? But it, how how can I then I then I go and research and do my homework and study and study what the problem is and try to come up with like what could the solution be like especially with this water crisis I spent a, a lot of a lot of hours just studying water and how it's positive charge and negative charge and the alkaline and the pH levels and the corrosion control and the the, the um the fluoride to the chlorine to the the balance to the effects on water in your body like the right water in your body that your body's 75% made of water and what it does and how it cleans you and it, you know with your organs and everything like you learn so much just by this water and then the EPA and the clean water drinking act and the regulations that are across the whole country and infrastructure and and so on and so on. Like you you just learn and then you find people that's learn how to make water out of thin air with a water bottle that they attach to their bike. And then you find a a person that uh, learns how to filter water, even lead. But is it the high um, the content of lead that we have, which is parts or bits per parts? Is it, you know, is it filtering out that much? It's, it's so many things that they can say it filters out lead, but if you're at a high level, it may not filter out all that, the lead that it's saying. So there's so much to learn. And then at the other end, you're getting all these water bottles. So it's all these plastic water bottles. So now I'm thinking, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna create another problem with this. So what's the solution to that? Oh, plastic water bottles. What, what, you know, how is, what can you do with those? Then you find out there's a machine that makes playgrounds with the plastic bottles and curbs and, and, and sidewalks. And then you find out, wait a minute, you're in the apparel business. Then you find out that, uh, um, is it, is it polyester? I think it's polyester. Yeah, I, I believe so. It has plastic in it, right? Yeah, it's plastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you find out, wait a minute, okay. And I'm still working on it right now because if I can find the right person that needs all these bottles, then we could like start somebody, a, you know, like a job here. They could go collect those bottles. We could sell those bottles to that person if they can turn it and get it made into, you know, clothing. That's what I'm working on right now. Because if wow. we can do that, then that would be huge. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they definitely um, are going to have uh, – it, it is kind of like a domino effect, right? Like, well, we sent the bottles of water to help with the water problem, but now we got the bottles to, that we need to do something with, and shipping those out isn't necessarily an effective way of, of doing it. Um, so it's it's a, it just gets goes to a bigger and bigger domino, and then um, hopefully back to back from big to small on the other side. Right. So, I mean, and, and I – 
that's why I say I think that that's the born entrepreneur because anytime there's certain things like that, a problem, it's always like you sit down with that person and you start having open-ended questions. They're like, well, I, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. They're like, well, what, if, what are we doing here? Let's, let's get to the solution. Let's try and figure it out. And I don't think that you have to be in the business of water or plastic bottles or um, it's, it's just here's A, this is the problem. And here's B, here's the solution. And I think that that's the difference between a born entrepreneur and a learned one. A learned one, they're they're learning it, but they don't. They don't, it's not like something that sparks in them right away. Like it's a part of them. You know that they automatically start thinking of problem solving or yeah. solutions. Like I do. Like it's just it's just something internal, I guess, that automatically kicks in, and I lose sleep over trying to figure out the the solutions to whatever it is that I've came across problems. So like, let's just hope I don't come across a lot of problems throughout the day or I'm not getting any sleep. Let me tell you, because it's just <laughs> restless trying to, to figure it out. But I mean, obviously the water thing is a huge thing and I'm over there trying to, you know, just trying to figure it out and not, not be like super public on Facebook and all that stuff. Cause then that just, then people start adding their all their two cents, and then that can just kind of dilute what your your solution is. Without really, do you can do your own homework first, and and really get the facts, and not just go off social media facts, where people see a couple words and they go, oh, you know, it's this and this. And you're like, did you even read the article? It was like ten years ago, or something. You know, um, they had that. There was a a recall in some of the water because it it had uh, E. coli in it, but it was a year and a half ago. But people started posting it on Facebook, so they start saying, "Oh, now the water that we're receiving is even is even bad," and they weren't reading into it. Like this article was a year and a half ago. That's when it happened. Read into it. Don't just read the title and run with it. Go in there, click on it, read the whole article, read the date when it was posted and what the, what the information is providing you. Don't just see the football and run with it. Go and learn, learn the game. Definitely. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the difference because that's just how I operate and how I, how I think. And I'm around people that are business owners, but they don't, they don't act like that. They're just like, they own the business and that's kind of what it is. They're not always in the, problem solving type of you know thinking no i i hear that i know plenty of business owners that are that are not like that they uh they don't they don't have that that mentality that keeps them up at night to like the way i put it is um i work to work more right like i'm constantly putting the work in so that i can do you know do things more efficiently so i have more time to do more work to do more That's creative correct. things you know yeah, because that's that's it's funny that you say that because that's what like I work on efficiency in in the company, but then like the efficiency means that we have more time, uh, more time to produce more work. Exactly, exactly. Well, how else are you gonna create a legacy otherwise? You know, you're not gonna right. do it by just sitting around doing nothing. That is true. Um, 
Eric, what when you were growing up, did you have any other childhood dreams other than to be a rapper or own your own apparel? Um, I don't know if the beginning was a rapper. I just love rhyme time. My mom read a lot of books to me, and a lot of it was like Mother Goose and Nurse Mother Goose. Nursery rhymes was first, and then I graduated and went into Dr. Seuss. <laughs> but the rhythm, the rhythm stuff always was something that I was just drawn to. And then my aunt, which is interesting because you never hear like, here's a hip hop person that likes musicals, but my aunt's like a huge musical person. And I don't know, I think it was like when she would play the albums, it was like the movie, but then it had singing in it. And I think it was kind of like the entertaining or the performing with it. And it just, it just caught my attention. So like one of my, one of my favorite musicals definitely is the music man, you know, and that's, <laughs> yeah, I, I've been interviewed before and they were like, I've never heard of a person that's like a hip hop person. <laughs> also like, like the music man and stuff, but it's, that's how it is. And I, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not bounded by a box or a label. I can like what I want to like. And, you know, people don't like that. Then, oh, well, that's, that's what I like. I don't have to, you know, a lot of people put themselves in a box and say, I'm this. So this is how I'm supposed to act and what I'm supposed to eat, what I'm supposed to listen to, what I'm, how I'm supposed to wear my clothes and all that stuff. Dude, I, I do what I want to do. You know, I do what I want to do beyond with with the limits of, you know, for, uh, following the law and stuff like that and doing what's right. But I, just, I don't have a a boundary. I don't really look at I don't even look at things like la like labels or anything like race or any of that stuff. I never have even growing up. I just I don't know. And so like dreams um no i mean i i think just like living like this living every day was more of a just being excited to be able to go out in the playground and play and play with friends or and i was the only child too so i could entertain myself for you know for for hours i could just look in the mirror and just like create a whole a whole story behind it and then once i started learning how like music I would sit in a room and I would like bring like the light plug to life or the television or like the, the light or whatever object was there. And then I would make them like have life. And then sometimes they would go against each other or they would like battle rap each other. And I don't know, it entertained me. It always made me excited, like how I could like create that. And I was like, man, I wish the and if somebody was here just to see this, but Nine times out of ten, nobody was there to see it. It was just me. And then when I tried to do it in front of an audience, it wasn't that good. How it was when I had the time just to like really create my like with myself. So, um, <laughs> oh, you, you know what? There was one one time I thought I was going to be a professional bowler. I really? did. Oh, oh yeah, I was into bowling. I was into bowling a lot, man. I would bowl on Saturdays, like what two leagues three i would bowl a lot a whole lot yep professional bowler earl anthony was kind of the person i looked up to in bowling when uh when i was bowling 
and he was left-handed just like me. Um, we're, we have the natural hook, you know. Um, <laughs> never did I think anything like baseball or basketball. Um, I liked all those those sports and played them. Or football, like me you know, being like a, a professional sports or or football or basketball or baseball player. Bowling for sure. And I also did BMX. I did BMX racing for a while too. Oh, BMX cool. racing was cool. I did skateboarding, but I didn't get too deep into skateboarding like I did with BMX. BMX, I actually went and competed uh, for a while. So that was pretty great. That was, that was, I still got my helmet. <laughs> still got my helmet and my, uh, my number. Um, we, uh, our squad with this, this bike company, I think they were from Ohio and they would come up to Michigan. We ended up getting like some sponsorship through uh, team team GT. I, I don't know if any of this stuff is around anymore, but yeah, it was great. I used to have like a, um, like a, like a ocean blue, uh, GT, GT Mach one or something. I don't, I can't believe I remember this stuff, but <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, um, Eric, that's pretty awesome. I'm glad that I was able to pull it out of you. Yeah. I had to think about it for a minute. <laughs> um, so with all that said, what, what do your dreams for the future look like? Uh, dreams of the future. And it's interesting that you, you know, that, that you asked that because Every year I have a thing called a person center plan, which actually is coming up in April. That's where I involve all my resources, like my friends and family or whoever I want to be there, uh, there physically. I also do it online uh, to listen to my dreams and my goals for the future. And a lot of times it might just be like one year, but what we do is we go through everything. I make it a big celebration, a celebration of, like life, that's what I call it, independence. And we write out, I have a facilitator that writes it out. We put it on this big board and it'll say like transportation. Like what are your goals or what are your dreams for transportation? Right now, my van is sent, uh, it's a 2007 or 2008. Wheelchair accessible vans, they just don't last long. They get because you're using them all the time. So there's a lot of wear and tear, the ramps, the Neo system. You'll find it within everybody's van when you start talking to people that have wheelchair accessible vans. So I have to start raising money or start to think about getting a new van. Now, is there a lease option or something that might be better? So that once you get to so many years, you can just trade that in and go to the next one. I, I'm not sure on that yet, but... They can run anywhere from like 50,000 or higher, which is, you know, the, the numbers are just, to me, it's like being exploited. That, yeah, that is pretty, uh, pretty pricey. I mean, trucks and, and vans actually are generally pretty expensive in general. I, I think especially minivans, I, I feel like are way overpriced for what they are. Yeah. Um. So, I mean... And because it's, it's it's wheelchair accessible, based on your needs, so that's it. Just they just they, they, it, 
just becomes more expensive. It's it's sad, but um, that's one of the main. That's one of the goals or dream actually, because it can be expensive. I mean, that can. Uh, other thing is housing. One of the the, the housing, and we we talk about this every person center plan since I've had one, and this will be my. This will be my 18th person center plan or 17. I, I think it's 18 though, because I've been home from rehab March 20th of 2016 will be 18 years. So I'm pretty sure this will be the 18th person center plan. And in the is for housing. And I want to have a house that's completely accessible. And I call it not visibility, but visit, like visiting. So creating this home to where it's fit for someone that uses a wheelchair or crutches, like they can navigate uh, a person that is blind. You use like assistive technology features that tells them like where the doors are, the bathroom. And then a person that's deaf, they would be able to go there. And now with this text messaging and all this stuff and the, the letter boards and the electronic boards, they would be able to like maybe communicate through their cell phone and it shows up on the wall to where, you know, I, I always think of like a networking party situation, how everybody could be, they would be able to communicate without a barrier in that home and be able to use the bathroom too and be able to escape with if there was an emergency, getting in the home and getting out of the home safely. And that's kind of the home that I want. I want to build. It's a visibility. So it's not just built for my needs, but it's built for other people to come and visit. Because I think a lot of people build homes or they get a house, they look for a house for themselves or for their family. They're not thinking, oh, you know what? My, you know, grandma or mother or father or somebody's getting older. They may need some assistance getting in the home. They may need a ramp or, you know, because they're using a walker or whatever it is, you know. They're not thinking that way, like long, long terms. They're just thinking, well, we're a young, healthy couple and we're about to have our first child and it fits our needs. But you have family and friends that you're going to have that are going to have barriers that are not going to be able to get in that home because it, was, it wasn't made for that yet and it wasn't built for that. Well, yeah, so I've been there. I I definitely have been there because our um the back of our house has like a sunroom in it, and it's it's at the it's at it's the only way that you can get inside the house at ground level. So so the, the, to actually get into the house, you have to step up onto a, the slab, and it without that sunroom, you you would basically you would there would be no way into our house without or at least some part of our house without having uh to to make that step up. So that would, because right. my uncle, uh, actually some of my family, my older family members have had wheelchairs and they would come go inside because it was actually air conditioned and stuff in that sunroom. So they would, they would, when we had barbecues and stuff in like the middle of July, when it's like 90 some degrees outside, they would be inside, but at least just in the sunroom where, you know, where it's air conditioned and the food is and stuff like that. So I, uh, I, I definitely know because we we were going to get rid of that um, or not get rid of it, but we were going to put a platform to make that one big area uh, adjacent with the house. But I was like, well, then there wouldn't be any way to get into the house without making that step. Yeah, and see, a lot of people, 
I mean, even your own family don't even think that way. There's, trust me, I, I know. <laughs> I know through experience, I know that there are places that I have not been inside that functions are held that they just basically say, well, it's tradition to hold the function there. I wish you could get in. We could figure out a way to involve you with that function, but they haven't figured it out. Just change the location, you know? Yeah. And so I started doing my own thing, you know? So when it comes to those times of so that specific day, when everybody's over there celebrating family, that I, I started doing my own thing because they just haven't figured out traditions are traditions but if you can't involve all your family in their tradition then what good is a tradition you know <laughs> and, no i and agree it's frustrating but how do you get them to figure it out without making them feel like crap <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you don't want them to feel bad because you don't know how strong they are to handle certain things like you know I just, I don't know. I just kind of listen to it and go, okay, that's great. And they're like, yep, we're going to have to, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, that's great. I wish you could get it in the house, though. Yep. Wish you could, too. Wish <laughs> you could, too. So, and I, I've even have made a point to go over there out in the parking lot in my van. And then everybody in the house comes out and they talk to me. And then they say the same thing. And it's like, how do you, how does a light bulb not click a little bit? You know, oh, I wish you could get in. <laughs> Just change the location. Like, I don't understand why location is so important. We could have it at a hall or we could do it somewhere that's very neutral where nobody is like, I am having this, you know, like the leader of this tradition, you know, but What's, you know, that's family for you, right? Yeah, no, I, I hear that. Um, so, Eric, I, oh, I'm sorry. Were you going to say something else? So, I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, that's definitely something that I think about and talk to contractors even when they're building homes. Like, if I if I get a chance to talk to a new couple, I'll be like, man, just listen. Like, can I talk to them for, like, 15 minutes? And they, I, I put things in. To, I address things to them that they didn't think about. And a lot of times they'll be like, well, you know, my aunt, you know, she uses a wheelchair and I didn't even think about it, <laughs> you know, or something like that. But um, so that's one of the dreams is that, you know, going back to what you were asking, is it a visit ability home? And then, of course, this easy awareness is building, just building and growing. And then the Inspire brand. I'm hoping to do a lot of co-branding with the Inspire brand. And it's it's all due in time. It's all a time. Everything will happen the way that it's supposed to happen and, it, and the time that it's supposed to happen. So that's it will happen. Um, I just don't know when, obviously, but it will happen. The co-branding will be great because that that's a lot of opportunity with that. And I, I see it. I'm just waiting for it to happen. I think about it every day. Trust me there. But just I'm patient. And then um, just making sure, obviously, the biggest dream is making sure I got staffing to take care of me. You know, I just, 
you know, I mean, it's, I know some people don't think that a dream is just getting out of bed every day, but that's a, that's a dream every day just to get, just to be able to get out of bed, have someone be able to get me ready and get me, get all my daily living done, you know, from teeth to shaving, to bathing, to dressing, and then just getting transferred to the chair and then having a chair to be able to move independently. So I, I don't know. I think like these are all dreams, but these are all like everyday things. I don't know if it's like I got this big dream. I think that I'm more, I don't have to dream big because I like have appreciation of every day. You know what I mean? Like the Powerball to me is like getting out of bed every day. That's my winnings, you know, being able to have someone feed me. That's my winnings. Uh, being able to, to just live independently and in uh, being able to park in a parking space and get in the place, you know, being able to actually find a wheelchair accessible parking space to get out of the van and then being able to go in the building and actually get inside the building and navigate. Um, that's like, you know, that's the, that's like winning the so-called lottery or the Powerball every day or something. You know, those little things that people don't even think about. Like people get up every day and they just jump in their car and they just drive down a road and they get out and then they just walk into the place and sit down at their desk or whatever they're doing or go to the, the supermarket. Like we have to strategically plan it, how to get out of the vehicle is there curb cuts? Is the door wide enough? Are the aisleways wide enough? Can you navigate the accessibility? Like, it's so, and it's, you think it would be like completely discrimination, you know? So many people are out here just worrying about the, on like race. And I'm saying you're worried about, can I even just get in the building? You know, like, why am I? <laughs> You know, just like the, the the acting, you know, with the 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 um the awards and the movies, uh, the same stuff. Like, like how many people do you see that use a wheelchair that's actually in, besides uh, Daryl Mitchell Chill, that's on one of the CSIs, that really uses a wheelchair. A lot of times, people that use wheelchairs, they're portrayed. Uh, they use wheelchairs. Someone actually is able-bodied and they play a person that uses a wheelchair. There's plenty of people that use wheelchairs that could do that could play that role, that could be employed. But they don't look at it as discrimination. It's just fine, you know? We're playing a role. But you couldn't go and play anything else. That that would be uh man, if you if this person played this person or this race or this, it, it would it would be a uh, it would be a, a social media storm, but it's cool for someone to play someone that uses a wheelchair or you know some type of disability, you know. Even though there's plenty of people that already have those that could play those those actual roles that are really good actors, they just don't ever get the opportunity, you know. Same with television commercials, the hands-free stuff. You don't ever see a person that actually really. That needs hands free. It's always just some cool feature. Like I'm like, 
how can you not market to this? There's a whole audience that really, that uses this to really help their life, their quality of life. And you're just marketing because it's a cool feature. Like, are you, this is, it's so backwards, man. That's why easy awareness, the, the whole tagline is without awareness, you're invisible because people with disabilities are like, you want to say barriers. A lot of times we do feel invisible because things are made without our voice. You know, websites in in neighborhoods, in um, cars, vehicle. Like, why isn't every vehicle that's being made is trying to fit the the needs of the? It's not like it's a, a low number of people in society that have some type of barrier. There's it's a it's a large number. It's a large percentage of the country, but um, you have the ADA, but there's no super like ADA code enforcement in every city, like where there is you know where they're making sure that you follow. Some some there is some there's not, but I can think of plenty of places that I'm not able to get in that I, I won't be able to get into just based on steps and parking and no curb cuts and man, and that's just me. That's just using the chair. You got to think of the blind and the deaf with the braille printing and all that stuff, the sign language. It goes on and on. So. No, I, I can imagine that. Honestly, I'd never have really thought about uh, some of that stuff that you were saying, like with the acting and all that, like it, it never even occurred to me, but now that you pointed out, it's, it's going to come out in my mind every time I watch TV and every time, every time yeah. a movie, uh, you know, comes up. So, uh, that's the real awareness that needs to be raised. Like, I mean, I never get the opportunity to speak on that stuff either. They always want to hear, hear everything else, but some of the harsh reality of what will open up, like you said, your, your questions, like really get you to think because, it's never talked about. I mean, you see the award shows, but you don't see, like you see movies that are, that are, are there, for, you know, portraying someone that uses the chair or something. And then it's an actor. It's not even a person that uses a chair. Like Glee, I, I don't, I think the guy that played the part of the chair, I, I think he's able-bodied if I remember. Uh, the only people that we, what do we have? We have, we have Daryl, you know, Joe Mitchell, and then we have Joe from Family Guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I love Joe from Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and Joe from Family Guy. I mean, like, he's like the strong, you know, I mean, you know, I can do this. Let me regain my independence type of thing. I don't know if like society, like America doesn't know that this is happening, but we're, we're constantly trying to get our rights and constantly trying to have our independence. Just, just getting out of plane. You know, planes aren't wheelchair accessible. You just don't hop on a plane and roll your wheelchair and lock in and ready to go. You have to be physically lifted out of your chair, put on an aisle chair that looks like a dolly that goes down the aisle and then lift it out of that and then put in an airplane seat. And then that's it. Your legs are all, it's, there's no, there's no uh, weight shifts because you have a wall or you have an airplane seat in front of your legs. Not only that, 
you fly first class, first row. The person that flies with you has to fly next to you, first class, first row. There's no price breaks in that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's so it's just costly just to fly. And a lot of people won't even fly because one, either it's tough for them to fly, or two, their wheelchair gets destroyed. So you have to like really do your homework when you're gonna fly. And there are people out there that fly and they fly all the time, but they've done their homework. They know how to tell them to handle their chair because your chair becomes cargo. So when you get transferred out of it, then it goes down into the cargo. So you have to tell them, look, do not tip my chair on the side. Do not do this, do not do this. And this is how it's gonna be. You gotta kind of take charge. At the same time, teach them so that they can help somebody else that will fly besides you. So you're kind of like coaching and mentoring as you're flying. You're educating them, but you know it's free education. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I that that's gotta be uh, tough. Like like you said, everything everything is a challenge to um, have to plan out ahead of time and know what your you know your plan of attack is going to be and all that. Um, yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm glad to give you the uh, the platform to to talk about this stuff. Um, one person I I probably should connect you with afterwards is uh, Kathleen Kelly, who is an advocate for um for special needs at Disney World. Like she she actually has she's writing her first book all about you know people um, who are pregnant, autism, uh, you know any kind of handicap that you can think of, and how to navigate a giant place like Disney World. Yeah. I remember they were letting people go and like, I think it was people that use wheelchairs. They were allowing them to go to the front of the line, but then families started actually renting people that had wheelchairs or people that used wheelchairs. And that was getting them to the front of the line. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, wow. it's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's a whole rabbit hole there. Um, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I was like, wow. But the other thing is transportation, you know, the same thing. I went to LA. As soon as I got off of the LAX, where's the wheelchair taxis? Oh, there are none right now. The one guy that had the ramp, oh, he's out right now. You're saying you got one person that's got one wheelchair transportation taxi out of thousands of these taxis that are rolling up to service somebody? And you're in LA? One? And then once the guy finally got there, it wasn't a real wheelchair transportation taxi. It was a portable ramp. And this is all on video. You can watch it on my YouTube channel because I recorded all this on GoPro. And then it's not even a wheelchair van. I just rolled up in a van with a portable ramp and no tie downs, nothing. So completely, uh, completely illegal, not safe. And that was it. That's what they had to offer at the LAX to to pick me up to take me to downtown LA. Was this this van? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, so, I, that's horrible. I mean, I I would expect somewhere in middle America, you know, middle nowhere America, to have something a situation like that. Not especially not LA. I um, think I think that there are people that want to speak out about it, but the problem is, like. We're very independent people, and we don't want people to pity. Like, we want them to focus on our ability, 
But at the same time, there are situations, there are things that need to be solved, that need to be talked about so that they can have some, some changes. There's got to be, a, there's a lot of changes that need to be made. The other thing is we don't really have like this, you know, it seems like, I know that like there's race and there's culture, but like disability is kind of its own culture too. And or people with barriers. And there's not like this real strong leader that everybody goes to that looks up to that's making changes, you know, that's marching at the, the um, you know, in Washington, D.C. and have holding million to two million people there in making some real large impact of, of change, whether it's in the school system, whether it's in business, you know, for accessibility or independence and making sure that people have the proper caregivers or the, the hours of service, the, the exploitation of people with disabilities when they're paying 15,000 for hospital beds and 40,000 for a power wheelchair and 50,000 to 100,000 for a wheelchair van. You know, those things are, that's out of control. Right. Yeah, definitely. I'm sitting on an, I'm in Flint. There's homes that are 10,000, 20,000, and I'm sitting just on, you know, wheels that you could buy a couple homes or, you know, it's like, and then you get in your van and then that's another, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's those things. And then it's so weird because you're, you're trying to charge 40,000 plus for a wheelchair to people that are not able to even come close to 40,000. So you end up fundraising to get it. Then you have to gather spaghetti dinners and sell tacos and, and get, you know, get live and silent auctions. And that's if you are the go-to person, if you have that drive. A lot of people don't have that drive or they have pride and they don't want to have the ask. You have to be able to ask for whatever and not be worried about it. Person says yes or no. Usually you don't want them to say no. So you ask them again, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> like, oh, sorry, what did you say? No, I don't even know what that is. Well, yes. Okay. How much can I put you down for? Because you have to raise money for your wheelchair or for your van or for a new bed or all those things because insurance doesn't pay for all that stuff unless you have like insurance case, like a, a works, workman's comp case or something, or auto. If you were in an auto accident here in Michigan, there's a thing called a catastrophic fund that pulls in that helps pay for all that stuff, making your home accessible. If not, then you have to figure everything out. Um, and you have to fundraise. I'm telling you, I've been fundraising from the time we've been out of rehab. We fundraise for both bands. Uh, oh man, we fundraise for a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot. That's what it comes I'm down sure. to. I'm sure you have to. I mean, how, and it's it is a shame because, um, only, I I mean, you're you're right. It, it it comes down to insurance or fundraising in most cases, and it's not like you know in some cases people can't even work you know or work effectively and they're already downtrodden because of the fact that you know they, they've been hurt in some way to bring them to where they're at and in a situation where they might not have been comfortable even before then well and you you mentioned like the work part they just now came up i think it's called the able act because a person that had that's receiving services 
can only have $2,000 in assets. If you go over the $2,000 in assets, I know this is horrible to, to know that this is the reality. They will cut your Medicaid entitlements. So then you make, you get over 2,000 in assets and they say, oh, well, we're going to cut you. So the people that actually get you ready and stuff like that, you don't have them because you don't have those hours anymore. $2,000. So yeah. Your, your chair yeah. is more than that. Right. Well, I don't think they look at it at the chair. I think it's more 2000 in, in the bank, like assets of that, that aspect. Oh. So what you have to do is you have to open, you have to find an attorney to open up a special needs trust. And then the special needs trust is like things that the government could not help you pay for, I guess. So, so that's what, what goes into the special needs trust. And then you have to find two people to sign over everything. So even though it's your money that you have earned, you still have to have people sign. So if you want to get something for your home or whatever, you got to have them sign it. So those, so that's the reality of it. That's why I think it's like the percentage is like 85 or 80% or it's, it's high. The people with disabilities that don't work because those are some of the things that um really, um, you know, can mess up a person that receives services for them to get care. But now they have a thing called the ABLE Act, and that's where you can have 100000 in assets. But I, there's still bugs, I'm sure, that because it hasn't started. Mm. And I don't know anybody that has any ABLE Act accounts yet, but we'll, we'll see how that is. So, yeah, that's also – so that's the other thing. But the other thing you were talking about, a person with a disability, uh, say they go to work, say they're working for like an electronic company, a retail electronic company, and their schedule is from like nine to five. What happens if the caregiver doesn't show up and they're not able to make it there at nine o'clock? Then the employer is starting to look at this and it start, and then what happens if the person ends up being on bed rest? So they start looking at that stuff too. They're like, well, you know, I really want you to be employed here, but uh, it's, it's you're not reliable based on maybe your health and, you know, your situation. Some people can do it. Some people are like, they, they maybe have paralysis from like the waist down. And so they can do more things for themselves independently, take their care, getting out of bed and things like that. Uh, but... Um, some people don't. I guess it's on the independence of the person. So they get let go from the, the job because they're not able to, like, have, you know, be there like they should be. Like they were hired in to be, you know, and it just. Right. You know, I mean, it's a difficult so that, situation for everybody. Yeah, for sure. You put the company in a difficult situation because they're now short someone. And, you know, they didn't have an extra person on hand. We um, put you in a difficult situation because now you're not working. So it's, you can see, I mean, everybody's view on that. And trying to come up with that solution. There you go. That's a, so yeah, that's why a lot of them become business owners. A lot of people, they go into like, you know, starting their own, starting their own micro enterprise. There's just a lot of things. There's a lot of, a lot of challenges, but I mean, Nobody wants, we don't want pity. Um, we just want to be able to 
people to focus on our ability and give us that opportunity. And that's why we work just as hard. We're hard, hard workers because uh, we want to be able to to accomplish, you know, what we were, what we set out to accomplish before the injury. And maybe someone that's born, um, uh, disabled, uh, you know, that they're they're just working. They just they want to they just want to show you, hey, look, this is my ability. This is I can. I can do this just like the next person, if not better, um, you know, and a lot of times they always want to focus on the disability. It's like, no, like see my ability, you know, not my disability. Like, like this is my ability and, and don't look at me like a, a hobby or that's nice and pat me on the back. Look at me as like a business owner. Like you look at all the other ones. Cause I've been at the chamber events where they, it's like you can you can see the treatment is different. They look at this business owner as this business owner in a suit and everything, and then they look at you like, oh, that's nice, it's a hobby, or you know, oh, he's 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 finger painting or something. That's what I feel like, you know, like I'm not finger painting, I'm running a company, <laughs> just like you are, <laughs> just like a lot of people in this country are. <laughs> they, they they just you know they want that. You want to get that same respect that says, like, hey, this guy is a business owner. He's not just a charity case or something, you know, or just this is a, just a hobby where, you know, oh, you design shirts and it's like kindergarten or something. You know what I mean? No, it's it's real. It's no different than Microsoft or or a Google or an Uber or whatever, you know, like it's we're we're building a business and we're. We're putting in just as much work and just as much homework and research and 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 sweat and blood and and tears and ups and downs and obstacles and constantly, you know, we we're always on the grind. Always. And it's a, that's that's a big hurdle. I guess to get back to what you said was the biggest obstacle of owning this company, or is getting that respect of just being an actual business owner and not just saying pat pat on your back, you know, that's nice, sir. It's tough, real tough because you, you know, with me physically, you can see the chair and stuff like that. So they don't even, people make assumptions already, but no, like, you know, it's not, it's not what it is. I'm up there trying to, I'm up there rising with the, the big boys. just like in, in the, just like everybody else. And, that's you got to treat it that way. I think that's a perfect uh, transition into my my next question, which was about um, how you got you know teamed up with with Damon John. Oh yeah, um, he actually came to Flint uh, for a speaking engagement, and the people that brought him here through the My Education series. Uh, Ballinger Mod Education series. I forgot like what the whole series was about. I obviously had to do something with entrepreneur, be an entrepreneur. And uh, I just happened to know the people, the Coney's, Mrs. Coney and Mr. Coney. They're, they're great supporters of people with disabilities. I don't like to use the word disabilities, but I guess that's so, I guess, I mean, 
that's the way it is. I usually use like barriers or something like that, or people with different abilities or I don't know, but just to say what it is, they're, they're huge supporters of like the disability network and all the functions and the career, the career development, the workforce development. And so um, they're the ones that brought him. They knew I started the company a year ago. Um, not really sure like what I did because I was still figuring it out. I knew it was shirts, t-shirt line, things like that. Um, they already had it set up. So by the time that that, that presentation of Damon's was over with, everybody was like trying to get to him. Like, hey, like that he goes behind the, you know, behind the uh, wall because he was, he was finished. But then I see Mr. Coney, he comes out behind the curtain, points to me, says, come on, it's your turn. Be prepared, be ready. You know, so I was, I had shirts in a bag. I think at that time I had like the Chalaxin shirt and the self-determination shirt. Still, this is one year. This is the one year anniversary of the business being open. And he's actually in the business plan too. That said the person that I needed to meet to, because he does lifestyle bit, uh, business. I mean, that's, he's FUBU. Well, I mean, you know, him and his partner, they're FUBU. I mean, that's, you got to, you have to meet him. You have to talk to him. You have to watch and follow him and, and listen to him of, of his ups and downs, you know? Um, and it just happened. I just happened to meet him in the, like the one year the business has been open. And I went back there and I, we just, we talked and shared his story and, and uh, had the opportunity, gave him some shirts. I, I researched the sizes and stuff. So I had them available in the bag. I'm like, here you go. And he took the photo op and he said, let's stay in touch. And like I told him, I, I've heard people in the past say that I ran into plenty of artists and actors and stuff. And you meet them and they're like, yeah, hey, let's stay in touch. And they go back to LA and, you know, never hear from them again or something, you know, but uh, yeah, he stuck to his word. I think that we, uh, he's, uh, I started following him on Twitter. I think that's how we did it. So it was the power of social media. And then he started following me because, and I knew he was like, I just had that feeling that he was watching, like he knew, because I would all of a sudden, like one day, just get like a message on my phone. And I, because I'd post like a design, we'd post like a design on there. And he would be like, yeah, that's pretty good or something. I'm like, I knew it. Like I knew something like, in this. So I just started, I started paying attention to like his following and like his articles, his circle that he surrounds himself with. And I think even like from that time, he started really build, like really utilizing social media as this, this outlet to speak to his, his fans. Because I've watched throughout the four years, how, like how it's grown, how he's grown into this, you know what I mean? That's why he, he ended up getting the thing called the people's shark. You know, that's, that's his tag is the people's shark. Um, you started paying attention to his resources. You're like, wow, all these entrepreneurs, all these people. And even though you're not physically with them, uh, you can start network with them. And he started doing this entrepreneur roll call and allowing other entrepreneurs that are utilizing his 
pages to actually network and promote their business and what they do. So I've met like a lot of people based off the relationship that we started with, with him. And uh, man, it's grown a lot. I mean, I never did. I think that, I mean, I didn't think like when I first met him that, oh, I'd be out in LA and go to Shark Tank and get to see everybody and talk to everybody on the set and then go to the Inc. Magazine cover party and meet everybody there and then meet everybody from Shark Branding. Like, but it starts with that initial relationship and it just, I wasn't fake. I was real with everything that I was saying to him. I didn't get a chance to tell him my story right then. You know, like what happened? He just found out later on, like he calls it, I had a bad day. As he says, I found out that Eric had a bad day one day. Yeah, so, it was definitely a bad day. So that's what he calls it. Uh, um, He started sharing the story when he's done the book tour. If you watch some of the video, he actually will be wearing the Inspire stuff and telling my story at his book tours. And when he is doing presentations, he'll sometimes come out on the stage and he'll say, you know, I'm wearing this inspire, you know, I'm telling you about this. And there's this guy and he'll actually share my story and stuff. So it's pretty cool. But I mean, we've built a relationship this whole time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, a, I, I, it's like, it's like the, it's like the brother that's not at the, the dinner table or something at that time. So when we have family day, he, he has talked about like it's family because I'm talking to my family. We have family day once a month. And that's like I said, he's like the distant brother that's just not physically there, but treats me just as good. I mean, you know, it's not that he's like saying here, I want to do like, I'm, I'm doing this for you. It's, it's more like mentoring, a strong mentor. You just have to pay attention to some of the things that how he does it because he has, he's got great knowledge and great plans on how he does things. You know, he wouldn't, if he was going to help me, if I was fundraising for something, he's going to do something that's going to be longevity fundraising, like buying into the, like, you know, here's, here's this awesome wristband that I'm wearing today for Inspire Friday. And he's not going to say like, go buy it. But there's going to be a way that people are going to want to know, what's that wristband? How do you get that? And then people, you know, what's what's better to help me fundraise than having more customers and more sales in the business? You know, that goes a long way than just someone saying, I'm going to donate some money to you. But, you know, I just gained a new customer and maybe a, a, a returning customer forever and ever. And now they bought a wristband. But not only that, they see their shirts and hats and stuff. And now they're telling people, and now they're also part of the movement. Like, wow, this inspired movement is huge. So I can see how he does, you know, what, uh, you know, how he um, definitely does posts and stuff. And uh, yeah, we just, you know, he flew me out to LA. I mean, last, uh, last June, flew me out to LA and covered the whole cost for, for me, my dad and my caregiver, everything. Wow. It was awesome. That that is yep. awfully experience nice. Experience of a lifetime, awesome. man. Yeah, an experience of a lifetime. It was just, it was great. And then, and I haven't had a vacation since before the shooting. So, that was a definitely a big part of what he said. Is he finds out that there's a guy that's working so hard and all he wants is a vacation, and 
He was like, I'm going to give it to, I'm going to, I'm going to have, give him a vacation. You know, you know, we were like super busy, like going from his, his magazine, ink, you know, the ink magazine cover party to Shark Tank and then back on the plane pretty much. But I got to experience LA. I got to get away from flip for a while and still like networking, even though I'm networking and talking and stuff and we're talking business. It's still like a vacation, though. It's still, even though I'm discussing business and building relationships. And he also bought a bunch of Inspire stuff, and he passed it out, like, on the set to his team. And it was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, vaca- well, vacation for us is, it, you know, business is what we love to do and, and talk about and be a part of. And, and that's, so even, even on vacation, working is not uh, a chore for us because we, we love it and we feel it. So I'm so that's so awesome that he. Uh, in fact, well, the reason I one of the reasons I brought it up was because that's how I found out about you was one of his. I just happened. I don't. I I do tweet and stuff like that, but I don't do Twitter a whole whole lot. And I happened to see a tweet from him about you, and I was like, oh wow, I gotta I gotta get this guy Eric Thomas, which you know you share the name Eric Thomas with the motivational speaker Eric Thomas, right? Yeah, that's why we've always used Eric Patrick Thomas. Oh, uh, okay. Well, it's it's under it's understandable because you know he he does have a pretty big name for himself. Yeah, we've never met. I have reached out to him though, but we've never met in person. But I I know that there are times that uh, he was booked for things and they thought it was me, and then I was booked for things and they thought it was him. So I'm very, I'm always like real clear about everything. You know what's interesting though? If you go to Facebook and you type my actual name in, Facebook.com, Eric Patrick Thomas, someone put him on my my page. Oh. So like, I don't think that it's his page, but I think it might be a fan that created a page off my name. Oh. <laughs> it's my domain name. His middle it's name isn't name. Patrick too, is it? Yeah, Eric. No, no. no. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think so, but I, I wasn't sure. Right. And I think he's a, I think he's doctor too. I, you know, I think you're right. I think he is. And he's from, isn't he from Michigan? Yeah, I think he, well, I think he's from Illinois, but I uh, think okay. he's Lansing maybe. Cause I know that there's a lot of MSU stuff that he's involved with. Hmm. So I think that he's there. Oh, like okay. in Lansing. Um, it's, it's, I know there's a lot of confusion with that all the time, <laughs> but I mean, I, I just got to stick, I, I just stick with me. Like, I mean, I stick with what I, I'm not trying to be him, hopefully, you know, or, but I mean, if there's something to learn from him, that's awesome. Like to grow. That's what I'm saying. Like I reached out because I was like, wow, wouldn't that be cool if like both Eric Thomases were on stage? So I'm kind of like, think of that, like tearing down the house there or something. I thought that would be really cool. Like I'm not. I'm not thinking of like, oh, I need a compete or something because who's the best Eric Thomas in the world? It's like, no, I I reached out. I'm like, man, we should get together and like create something, like build some kind of like really, you know, we we probably could because I know he does a lot of motivate. Like that's his thing though. His his thing is motivational speaking. Right. He goes all over the world and and does motivational speaking. Me. I, I mean, I, I do that. I don't really call it motivational speak. I don't know. I guess when I do it, that's what they call it. But I'm not just doing that. You know, like, 
easy awareness. We're creating product. We're, we're creating product and retailing product. Not only that, we're also creating product for other people, custom product. Um, and then I do um, the D-Man Foundation too, you know, the Danny's Miracle Angel Network. And that's the first ever barrier-free music therapy recording studio. And so now I'm also back in music. So I'm also recording. I'm an ambassador for the D-Man Foundation, but I also record now down there. So I'm working on a music project again after like 17 years. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. That is awesome. Are 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 you rapping or are you just making Sir, music? Yeah, oh, you could, you, yeah. could you could you uh, rap for us right now? Is that, is that something you could do? What do you What do you want? Something inspirational. This is the Dreamers podcast. Well, well like, well, one of the things that I uh, the um I'm a D man song. What does it go? Um, let's see here. I think the last part of it is like, yeah, so come roll with me. I keep it real. That's how it's supposed to be. Hard puff. Now I'm moving. Hard sip. I'm backwards cruising. Yep, I'm not losing. Big business. No confusion. You can read the sign. Easy awareness by design. So if you got a catastrophic injury or developmental disability, I'm not saying that it's meant to be, but it's not the end, so get with me. Eric Thomas, believe me, I know what the time is. Never saying I can't because I can't, and we want to know why. And then the next person that's on that song with me, they say why, and I say because I'm a D-man. And it's kind of like the D-man anthem now. So oh, That's awesome. Very, very cool, man. Yeah, wow. actually, when, when, it, when the opportunity came up, um, I went back to my roots of hip hop and went to my friend Kean and uh, I said, I need help like writing again and stuff. So we worked on the song together. Like I knew that was the person that I needed to talk to. It was a really cool process how we did it. Like we just wrote down everything that pertained to like the chair, the foundation, you know, you name it. And then, and then uh, it took like a whole day. We took like a whole day out of it and it was just, I knew that that was the right person that I wanted to go to because he's always been real hip hop. And it was just like, I've always had an appreciation for his, he's so advanced in his music. Like back in the nineties, there's stuff that was written that we were done stuff together that people were not ready for, you know? <laughs> it's, it's really amazing like some of the stuff like it was future it was like predicting the future right then and it's like um there was one lyric where he talked about like putting computers in your hand and now it's reality it's a cell phone this is in 96 that we're talking about when this was written you know it was but it said computer not a cell phone in your hand, but now look at it. They're all in our hands, three feet away from us, if that, you know. <laughs> no, I, know I you agree. <laughs> so, yeah. On, uh, I don't think, I, I think he still does music somewhat, but he's focusing on him and his family and and, and things like that. Uh, but, and he moved out of the, 
he moved out of Michigan and went down to Texas. But um, we still stay in touch with, and that was the person. And I still cannot wait to like rock a stage with him again because my group miscellaneous, the one person, Big Perm, he passed away three years ago now, I think. And the other person, he's like a five-time award-winning photographer, Ryan. And I think he's working down in the Detroit area now. And so miscellaneous will will not be able to ever record again like that or perform unless we make like a hologram or something, you know. But um, definitely like with Kian and stuff, it would, it, it would be good. It'll happen. Is what I'm gonna figure out a way to where I can get him involved, you know, on on the stage and stuff. So it'll be good. But uh, yeah, I'm back in the studio. Um, there's there's songs that I have that I've worked on that I, that are not being released and have not been performed because it's part of this project of what I'm doing. It's 20 years before injury, 20 years after injury. So the release date is September 20th of 2017, it's 2020. So yeah, it's it's real cool. It's about, it's basically about like, what was your influence and what inspired you from the time that you were born all the way, so. Very cool. So if you think about it, when He-Man and all that stuff was out, there's songs that are pertaining to some of that stuff in there. Like, yeah, it's, and it's spoken word, it's interview, it's music, it'll be visual, it's gonna be like a whole project. And you know, I have the the layout and the vision of it. It's it's just taking its effect as we go. You know, um I'm excited by it. And it's not to like put it out there and be like, I'm the best in the world or something. This is just just something that you know I just I'm glad that I can go back and do. And now when I go and speak somewhere, I can perform. It's really cool. So now when you see my YouTube videos, you don't just see me speaking, but I actually get to perform. I was like, wow, this is really cool. Because after I got a rehab, I just watched all my friends perform. I was like, man, but now then I they kid me. And I'm like, oh, I actually can go up on stage now and perform with my friends if it's wheelchair accessible or they got to put the microphone down there, something. We, we've, you know, we've, we've wrapped uh with one microphone now with three people. So, <laughs> you know, don't forget, someone's got to hold the microphone for me too at the same time. It's always the way though. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's been great. It's I'm real. Getting back in the recording booth was pretty exciting. Being able to perform. That's a, uh, yeah. Yep. So, so Eric, before we wrap up and let people know how they can connect with you, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? Um, I would say, you know, it's the same thing as with, uh, some of the important things, like if they're going to be, but I don't say just an entrepreneur, you know, Damon speaks very strongly. We talked about it before, you know, that's like his shark points too, is, you know, do your homework, you know, your, your homework, your research, whether you're being an entrepreneur or you're just meeting somewhere, going for a job interview, love what you do. You know, that's one of the sharp points is Amore. Um, uh, and, you know, obviously the last one is is K for keep swimming. 
basically just stay, just keep swimming, just keep doing it. I think it's like his shark points, uh, really. But um, mentoring, I don't think that's in in his shark points, but he's real strong on mentors. And so am I. I'm also strong on people giving back, like building your community, don't tear it down. And like giving time, you know, to give back, whether it's a cause or someone that needs help or, or something or mentoring or consulting or going to the schools and reading to the kids or something like, you know, give back in some way when you, you know, you, um, uh, what else is my giving back goals, making goals, you know, just putting down some goals, putting down the plan, uh, getting it down somewhere where someone can look at it and have an understanding without just having you say, I got this great idea. And you're like, okay, they tell you the idea. You're like, can you put that down? Can you put that in the plan? Or can you write that out or type that out so I can see what, what, you know, what, where you're going to go with it. So I say that, you know, to make your goals, six month goals, everyday goals, personal goals, business goals, whatever it is. I mean, stick, uh, and then um, a lot of times people try to, one of the things is people out here, they try to follow me because they're trying to figure out like their life purpose. <laughs> and then they figure out that they just get really confused and because they don't find their life purpose because they don't realize like the life purpose is just living life that you're given. And I realized that as I've just drawn through experience of living every day and waking up and going to sleep. And it's really just about the purpose of life is just when you get up, just live it, like live life, whether and live it, like you may not feel good, but live it to the, to the extent to where, you can to the limits, you know, to which, to how you feel. You may feel healthy this day. You may not feel healthy this day. You may feel tired. You may feel real energized, but just don't undercut your, your living of your life. Like don't, don't half it. Just go full throttle to your means and don't overdo it so that you're not, so that you make yourself sick. <laughs> but just, uh, you know, live that, live the life. If you're living, then get up and live. I always say like, uh, you know, I, I live for, live for the, the past, the future and for the now. So the people that have gone and passed on, I live for them. So like a person that's not able to see their, their, their mother or father or sister or brother and uncle, friend, you name it, they would love to see that family member or that friend right now. And here you have life and you take it for granted and you don't live it. You just kind of just lay there and just, you know, just say, oh, well, I got life. I'm not going to do anything with it. As you know, I, I live for, I'm that voice. And then for the future, people are going to get in accidents and injuries. Things are going to happen. So I have to live for them so that I can pave the way an easier path for them. So it's a little more simpler, just like the people that paved the path for me and paved the path for them. We have to, you know, we have to think about that. And then of course live for now. So like right now, so when I get up in the morning, I'm like, yes, I'm alive. And I'm like, man, 
I'm breathing, all that stuff. You know, that's like the first thing. Uh, when I get up, I say my prayers like I'm alive. Thank you for this day. Whether it's snowing, cold, I just say it's beautiful. Every day I say it's beautiful all the time. Like now throughout the day, I might say it's crummy. But when I wake up, I always say, you know, thank you for this beautiful day. No matter what, because it's not beautiful based on the temperature. It's beautiful because I'm alive and I woke up. So that's how I look at it. And uh, always just like follow your passion. Like do do what you love. Like stick with what you love. And it's not going to be easy. You're going to have mistakes and all that stuff. Those are just growth spurts. You got you to gotta make mistakes to grow. You're so perfect. You don't grow. You just stay perfect, but you're not perfect in the first place. You'll never gain experience otherwise. <laughs> not at all. Too. I could think of plenty of times I dropped the ball, but I learned from it and I grew from it. You know, I, it's, I still think about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, well, I won't do that. But plus I can share that. Just like one of Damon's friends, MJ, he's got a book called, uh, uh, what is it? Oh, man. Uh, how to ruin a business and not even trying. So instead of run, it's got an I. Real creative on the, the <laughs> you know, the, the wording of it. Yeah. So, and he talks about all the things that he did that, you know, I'm trying to help you don't do. <laughs> <laughs> and then the same thing with, you know, at the end, the power of broke is a mindset. And that's the, you know, I'm, for me being the ambassador of this book. It's just really the mindset. It's not about being broke in the pockets. It's about the mindset. It's about, it's the Rocky. It's the, basically the Rocky. You know, you and I talked about it a couple of days ago. That's how I feel too. Like, I feel like my city is like Rocky too. You know, it's just like, we just like, boom, boom. We just take hits, but we keep getting up, keep getting up, keep getting up, keep getting up, keep getting up. We get knocked down, we get up. We get knocked down, we get up. But it's just like more fierce and more fierce. And that's what the whole power broke is about. If you get knocked down, you can either stay broken and stay knocked down, or you can get back up and and turn all that energy or whatever that you know that is that you could take the other way and you turn it into a positive. You turn it into like this fuel that's just gonna make you even more intense. Like, oh, okay, I didn't get that. Nah, all right, great. I'm about to get it now. <laughs> like, oh, you knocked me down to the cement. All right, I'm about to get back up. I'm going to accomplish it now. It just it drives you. And that's that's what, I mean, I, I don't know if, if you understood what the power of broke was, but that's that's kind of like what it is. You know, if Humpty Dumpty would have had the power of broke, he could have kept going. It's a man. Yeah, it's a mindset. And but his mind was all over the ground. <laughs> yeah, but he could have picked up the pieces. And he could have got out his way and started doing the things he needed to do again. But Stop on them, them brick walls. <laughs> that's right. Instead, he became broken. And so that's kind of that's kind of the thing. And we all use the power of broke. It's just Damon found a way just to, to brand what we're already using and called it the power of broke. Right. Which right. is good. It's the same thing as like one example I remember – on, I think it was Shark Tank, and the guy was like, his business was making 10 million. He was like, if I'm making 10 million, why can't I go up to 100 million? So that's what he was thinking. He was thinking, now I'm at 10 million. So I'm thinking his mindset was like the the broke stage, like 10 million was broke to him. 
So he wanted to raise, he wanted to gain, he wanted to make that $100 million goal. It was like, why not? Why not try to keep achieving to, you know, achieving to achieve to achieve, just keep getting, you know, just keep building. And that's what you do. I don't know. You don't want to get comfortable. You want to like, you want to be able to enjoy it, but I don't ever want to be idle. You know, I want to make like, cause when I'm idle, it's kind of like, wait a minute, I shouldn't be idle. I got all these things I want to accomplish. Get it like, get it in gear, you know, like wake up, snap out of it, you know, get it going. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. You feel miserable, blah, blah. But do something. Don't focus on television the whole time. That, <laughs> that'll just suck you in. Yeah, like, well. You got things you want to accomplish. And that's the thing. If you really want to accomplish something, you have to really put in the work, no matter what. That's really what it is. If you really want to see that visibility home or that van, you got to put in the work, no matter what. You have to do whatever you got to do. Sell tacos. And that's what we did. We sold tacos, man. We had car washes. Four years of fundraising to get a van that was $32,000. And a golf outing is what did it. I sold 56 sponsorships, a dinner sponsor, a dessert sponsor. I had belly dancers. I had comedians. Oh, yeah, I did a whole golf outing, man. You name it. Me and my committee, we put a team together. Right, right. So that's the other thing. You got to have good volunteers, good people on your team. You got to have a team. You won't be able to do it yourself. That's not going to happen. You'll exhaust yourself and only go so far. So you got to put a good team together and you got to get people excited about which, which, what your idea is or what your dream is, what your business goals are. You got to stay, you got to make sure on the same path too. You don't want someone having a different agenda about your goal. You want to make sure everybody's on the same page. So that's just, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, those are the things then listen. Oh, and read, 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 read. <laughs> Always read. Always read, man. Stay, stay, stay reading. Stay learning, stay reading. You're never going to know enough and you're not going to be a know-it-all. It's not happening. So just keep reading. Keep educating yourself. Read whatever. Read how things work. Read how a television works. How does lights turn on? How does water flow? How does plant, you know, how do plants grow and you know, stuff like that? And what does the body, how does the body like take in food that you eat the, the the good stuff and the bad stuff how does it digest or absorb the nutrition all that stuff whatever it is man just read read about business whatever you know stay reading that will that will increase your vocabulary if you're not able to read font then find a book on audio there's plenty of that stuff not only that there's an organization uh is it the the blind and the disabled or something like that that will actually send you uh, books on CD. Yeah. Oh, wow. For free. Yeah. Well, that's a great service. Yeah. It's a, it's a great service. So um, all that, if there's workshops, then go to the workshops. Just, you have to invest in yourself too, you know? So just even though if you don't have it now, look at the law, look at the future, you know, the, it's just, you know, we treat things like our cars and stuff. We make sure it has gas and we make sure it has oil. But then like our own selves, we don't, we, we totally do, do it differently. You know? <laughs> we made sure that our car has 51 or 34, 50, whatever oil is for that temperature. But we put in stuff in our bodies that we don't, we're just like, well, we're just going to put it in. I'm just going to eat whatever and drink whatever and call it good. Well, they're but selling our, it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. eating it. <laughs> 
our vehicle, we don't just go, well, you know, today I'm going to put sand in it or today I'm going to put, you know, some, some water from the stream, you know, and it's going to go, <laughs> no, you, put, you put the exact stuff that you were told to put in that vehicle, you know, unlet it or let it or diesel. And you know, you know, not to mess up, you know, not to put diesel in this and, and unlet it in this, but with ourselves, not so much. Totally <laughs> get your get your oil changed every so many miles. I mean, we don't none of that. But then when it comes to going to the doctor and getting checkups, we don't. You've been there now. It's been like ten years since I got a checkup. But you'll you'll follow that with your own car or your house and stuff. Like the things that the things that are replaceable, we treat better <laughs> than than us. So. Yeah, I couldn't agree more there with everything you said. I mean, you basically just laid out a whole book <laughs> in your final thoughts. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. And uh, Eric, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. And I'd love for you to tell people how they can connect with you online. Um, to Connect with me online. Oh, thanks for having me on the show, too. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, this no, is- I'm glad I did. It's It's been awesome, man. Um, they can go to Google. A person can go to Google and type in Eric Patrick Thomas, you know, obviously space it out, but Eric Patrick Thomas, and then just click enter. They'll see videos and articles, you name it. The other thing to do is the website, the business website. There's plenty of domains that go to the business website, but you could go to easyawareness.com. So that's the letter E and the letter Z awareness.com or sense with the brand inspire inspireshirt.com it'll take you to the same thing uh the other thing i'm on all social media twitter facebook instagram i think on facebook it's eric p thomas and also twitter is eric p thomas you'll know when you're on my page because it's got a picture of damon john and i on all of them so I keep that consistent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does make it easy to find you. And uh, I will have all those in the show notes at uh, the new superjoepardo.com that just recently launched. So, uh, Eric, I really – I'm so glad that, that you know when I reached out, you reached back and we were able to make this happen and I was able to have you on the show and all that. It's been awesome getting to know you and having you on the show and I look forward to working with you uh, and having you on the show in the future, especially with your album coming out in 2017. So uh, really looking forward to all that, man. Oh, yeah, me too. It's been great. It's been a great interview. Awesome. I'm glad that we like actually got to go along with the interview instead of just, oh, you got 15 minutes to tell everything. I think that there's a lot of things that need to be said that we don't ever get enough time to say. And I'd agree with that. <laughs> we listened to that podcast too about that business owner that's blind. Oh yeah, Maxwell. Um, uh, I can't think of his last name, but Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. That was a great podcast. Yeah, yeah, he he is wonderful. I'm, he he's one that reached out to me. I'm so glad to have uh, had him on the show. Um, but so I'm gonna we're gonna wrap this up here. Uh, it's been this is actually the longest episode of Dreamers Podcast. So congratulations, Eric. You 
you made it. <laughs> and uh, my mom, my mom's sitting here saying, "What a shock!" You know, <laughs> my mom's actually here today because uh, Jesse got sick, and so my I, my stepdad's not feeling good. My dad was Mommy. my my dad was working, so my mom came, and my mom wasn't feeling good either. So she's over here on the couch. She's not even feeling good, but she came to my rescue. So, Aww. so kudos, kudos for moms. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Hey, Eric, is there anybody else that you want to thank um, that, you know, people that, that help you out or have, you know, all your caregivers and staff? Is there anybody that you, you want to make sure that you uh, say by name? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, with the business, Easy Awareness by Design, you know, uh, my business partner is Kasab, helping me, you know, getting the start, the utilizing his resources, the startup cost, uh, believing in my business plan. Uh, that was the that was a big thing. I mean, we we came to the table a few times with the business plan and just rewriting it with that with the feedback. Um, Cheryl Osborne for being able to work with me to develop the business plan through the support of employment, through the services that I receive through GHS. Um, my, uh, you know, obviously my, my self-determination, uh, uh, caseworker and, you know, I probably won't name them by names. And, uh, just a lot of the, a lot of important people at Genesee Health Systems that, deliver self-determination strongly we're very strong in the flint area we're uh with self-determination uh michigan partners for freedom for continuing the, the um demand for self-determination in the the different uh cities making sure people have a good quality of life an independent life um uh with the uh, the opportunity with the business, getting the lease through um, uh, Goodwill, and uh, and then hiring uh, Jesse, um, you know, okay. so got a, a great, gra- an awesome, great uh, graphic design out at the same time. Like, there's so much more. There's this that chemistry's there, you know, to where like. She just, you got to have the right person that takes those ideas from your head and you're delivering it to that person pro- like correctly and they just get you. They go, oh, I know what you're talking about, you know, and just, uh, she goes above and beyond and my dad, he's always helping. Um, he's always, you know, it's, it's all different levels on what, where, where they help at. And, um, my mom and my stepdad. Uh, you know, whether they're picking something up, delivering something, all different ways, you know, that's with the business and, you know, any of the volunteers or any of the mentors are out there or, you know, people, even like uh, Dave and John, you know, the, 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 the help, just the learning knowledge and everything from him and stuff. It just goes, it goes a long ways. And it helps me help other people uh, be able to start a business. That's the thing. People see what I'm doing and they're knocking on my door. How do I start? Your, you know, how do I start a business? How do I do what you do? 
so it's like helping a lot of people and you know, majority of them are people with barriers i mean like, uh, i'll help whoever but that's kind of like who are paying attention and they want that independence and they want to own a business or do something for that matter um obviously you know getting to the business you got to have a good staff you got to have a good got to have a good caregiving team so you got the people that you don't see all the time that are getting me up in the morning getting me ready doing everything you know from brushing teeth to bathing to to toileting to feeding to prepping to shaving to you know everything you do all day and they do it all you know they do it seven days a week um without that there's there's no movement you know i would just lay in bed this um so it, a lot of times people don't see see them they might see certain ones that are out in public with me or like at events but um there's like six or seven people that I have and there's people that's been with me one's going on 18 years one's going on 17 years and I think the other one's going on like 12 or 13 years and the other ones are just kind of like in and you know in and out kind of you train someone for a couple of years sometimes it's for a month you just never know but those are the people that really get the day going you have to have a strong strong team and you know, you have you definitely have a huge appreciation for anybody that's gonna come and help you. Um and that's twenty four hours a day. That that you need that, you know, because of my paralysis being, you know, from the neck down. And uh the other so I mean that's I always wanna thank my team. Um I uh, I don't I'm not able to I'm not able to get out of bed. I'm not able to feed myself. You know, I wouldn't have food or water or anything. I would starve. You know, so, uh, so that's a huge factor. And 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 that team also comes with family and friends too to help out. You know, somebody doesn't show up, my mom comes over, my stepdad or my dad, and you just gotta balance it. Or my aunt or my uncle. It's it, it's an everyday thing. There may be like right now the weather. This the care one of my caregivers, instead of you know, you know them going to what they were doing, they're going to be here all day to make sure that if the other caregivers aren't able to get here, I have someone. So I mean, it's just things like that. Um, that's the lifestyle, you know, of independence. Uh, and then uh, team. You know, the D-Man Foundation, just being able to record music and you got, you have, you know, DJ Sandman and, and Graham and Mary and Josh and, and Ziad and the board and, you know, with the stuff that's going on there and just um, being able to record again and work with me, work with my schedule. You know, the D-Man days are Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They've actually like worked with my schedule to come on Saturdays because I tell them like I'm I make it there on a weekday. So not only that, they've they went out their way to work for me to be able to come on Saturdays. That's that's Eric time. They, I'm not, not there every Saturday, but they they found a way for me to record again and 
and fit back in, you know, fit into the studio. Uh, working with Z's brother, Calvin, uh, he's also on the D-Man song. Um, I'm a D-Man. He wrote uh, some some verses and we worked on the hook together and uh, we have a good chemistry. We perform. I mean, he's down. If I'm like, Calvin, let's perform. He's like, just tell me where, man. I'm up there, you know. Um, he's got a family, you know. So it's... Um, we also had the opportunity to 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 record that song out in California too when we were out there for uh my trip that uh the D man paid for for me to for me to go out to Vegas and LA. And we got to record it in a professional studio and work with some really good engineers and producers out there. You know, just I mean it was it was cool. It was like the LA scene. But then we brought it back and DJ Sandman, you know, he uh he saw what we did out there, and and uh, he he laid it out, laid it laid it down here, and we're still, we're still it's it's done, but you know, but uh, you know you never know there could be other verses that could be dropped on it with other D-Man artists, so it's kind of like an anthem. So if Calvin's not available, other artists could perform on it. Uh, the um. The other support is just like family and friends. Uh, uh, there's just the circle. You just have to build that. You just have to build your network. You know, it, don't burn bridges. Um, I guess sometimes when things, you know, where things aren't going your way with you know wait it out and see what's happening and then if it's not going to work with the person then just don't get angry about it just uh just say you like anything else maybe we don't work good together but you know we're still we can still be friends or you know um yeah i mean this is every day every day every day every day it's it's like a marathon, but it, it it's just a nonstop marathon. You know what I mean? It's it's not going to be perfect. Just like any business out there, there's people that call in, there's people that don't make it, there's people that have family emergencies, there's people that are sick. There's you know the unknown, and it's no different than than having caregivers. People take care of you because the unknown can happen. And when you have like two months and three months and all, like that's amazing to have a perfect staffing record. You know, with it, with with four people, five people, with not any hiccups. I mean, what other company out there could really say that they have 100% attendance? You know, to their to their business. Um, so just like a business runs that's how the, my life runs because you have to have it staffed 24 hours and things come up and then when things come up you gotta you gotta not panic you gotta have plans and backup plans and backup plans to that and sometimes it, you may not get the person that you want you might just get a person that will be able to be here until the next person comes that is your actual 
caregiving. Uh, the weather, the last week, you know, I last week and people were sick. I had three people sick, and two or three days of the weather uh, that I had to just shuffle. My mom was here at 4:30 this morning because the third ship person couldn't make it due to being sick, and so I had another caregiver come in, but they had to go to work at five or quarter to five. So when I called my mom, I was letting her know. She was like, I would rather come in at 4.30 than come in now and say the night. I said, okay, but you know what I mean? She, she, that was like our only option at that time. You know, backups were completely not able to. And there's people that are sick. So um, it worked out, but those are the constant things every day the constant behind the scene things. See people out there see like the you know, the, the pictures and the videos and the the momentum and all this and you know, the speeches and all that stuff. I'm no no like behind the scenes stuff. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes that allow that independence and for me to get to where I go to and for me to work and for me to own a business and for me to be out and about in the community or another state or advocating. There's a lot of work, lots that's behind that scene, behind the scenes that goes into it. It's like a, it's like a play, you know, it's like a movie. You don't ever get to see all the people that hundreds and hundreds of people that work on that movie that put it together or, uh, you know, just like Shark Tank. How many people are behind that when you're there and you're looking at production and then and, and ADs and directors and, the makeup and, you know, the catering and just, and all of the, the props and just everything. Lots of people were, are there to make the show move, you know, to, to, to build that show. That's the behind the scenes. Um, that's the stuff that you usually don't, even at a concert, you don't see all the behind the scene people. Right. You know, and that, that's how it is with my life. So like when people see, <laughs> Me out there on Facebook or Twitter, or and they're seeing photos and they're seeing, oh, Eric's here and he's, you know, he's speaking here or he's here and he's and he's doing this and he's doing this. Like, wow, you're really busy. Because when I see people, they say, man, you got your hands in everything. You're a really busy person. You're like, you know, the the inspire stuff and all that. way what you don't see is behind the scenes stuff. That what happens. The people that make that happen that you have to have that's that's the stuff you'd be amazed you'd be amazed i mean it's i don't it's it's hard to to like show people that side unless it's like like you know the old school mtv thing behind the scenes you know video you know what really goes on behind the scenes but it's there's a lot man a lot of preparation a lot of planning a lot of dedicated people. Definitely. Uh, a lot of passionate people. You know. Uh, there's I'll get along all the time. Um, sometimes you could be around people so much that you just you, know, you might like just 
clash or something, or because that's that's just what happens, you know. You know, but <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot that goes on behind that people never see. I know. Uh, well, I'm sure they you know that, they know you appreciate them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I hope so. I say it, or I, you know, I talk about it, but you don't know. I mean, I don't know. Some people, some people, you know, like I guess when you do help, when it, I, I guess you know, me and my me and myself when I do things, I just do it because I like I want to do it. Like if I'm helping you it's gonna help you like you don't really have to owe me anything like or you don't even have to you can just be like yo or you don't have to like i just understand you appreciate it because i can see it you know mm-hmm. i can see it in you i can see it in your your body language or your eye like how you're lit up you know i know you do but i don't need you to like constantly tell me because and i'm not doing it to get appreciation i'm doing it because i want to help you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I'm very humble about building go out, and I do a lot of things low key. Lots of stuff that's low key. I don't go on like the soap. You know, hey, I did this. Look at me. It's, it's not because I just do it. You know, like, and it's just, you know, and I don't. I don't know. I guess I do it so much when somebody does like they might say hey thanks man i'll be like oh yeah you know uh anytime or we're cool or something i don't know it's just that's my life that's my life though that's just how i treat it i guess you know somebody acknowledges that i just oh yeah it's all good (laughs) i got you (laughs) or something i don't know i don't like i don't like uh you know, sometimes say like, "Oh, you're welcome" or something. I don't know. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, it's all good. You know, like I, you know, you don't even. You, I don't know. You know, I'm doing this for you, so you know, I see your life is getting better, or you're doing, you're being motivated, or you're doing things. You know? You don't have to go on Facebook and say, oh, you know, the thanks to this guy or, you know, you don't have to. You can't. I'm not going to stop you, you know. <laughs> like if somebody wants to help you, if I'm, like yeah. I always revert turn down blessings like or something. You know, like people used to be like, hey, let me pay for that. I'd be like, oh, no, no, I got that. See, I stopped doing that. Once, once a person says that, okay, because you don't want to stop them from helping you as long as it's not going to endanger you you know right right well i don't do that that dance around stuff anymore all right like when you're at the oh sorry (laughs) yeah no i i understand the dance around thing and and that's uh can definitely be uh difficult to navigate sometimes but uh but yeah so i i well thank you so much for for coming on the show eric i really appreciate it you're welcome, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. 
<laughs> that, that was that was a beautiful lead into this very last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you for this interview, Joe. And last but not least, thank you, Dreamers Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dreamers podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.